Abe, are you going to predict that Jimmy Carter dies again in 2023? What do you think? <laughs> Nothing is beneath me. Iron Brains, a podcast with a New Year's resolution to take these opening intro segments much more seriously this year and to make them funny and engaging and thought-provoking and... Ah, shit. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too. How are you doing, Lori? Is Josh Allen hurt? Oh, fumble. Holy shit. Ah. <laughs> Lori is. Holy shit. <laughs> Tonight is Monday, January 2nd, 2023. Happy New Year, Abe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? What are you? That oh, elbow is down. That is a ground cause fumble. That's ridiculous that they would rule it any other way. We're watching the football game, Abe. I didn't even realize there was a good football game on tonight until a couple hours ago. After I'd good already good news, we have a TV down. After here. I already <laughs> told you, yeah, let's record tonight, and it's like, ah, oh, but the best football game of the week of the professional variety, anyway, is likely on tonight. All the people listening in, if you have YouTube TV, you can easily watch it again while That's you're right. listening. So we're at 645. If you want to sync up your watching experience with our live call of the game, we're at 6 minutes and 36 seconds right In now. the first quarter. Right, first quarter at 7 Crucial to 3. Crucial information. There was almost anyway, a fumble. The best thing about football is that you can do so many things while you watch it, including yes. record your stupid podcast. Hey, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. Did you... Uh, do anything fun over the two-week break that we took? And mostly just hung out with uh, friends and family. We had a uh, get, you know, we don't uh, celebrate Christmas in my uh, household, the extended household. Um, uh, but we get together. How did whenever. you not celebrate it? Tell me. <laughs> but you know, people are off at these periods mm-hmm. in the year, so just went used- to work. <laughs> so didn't we, get uh, together. We you know just get together, have some food, didn't and all, just... like at least half of you kids got like Greek Orthodox baptized or something, right? So there's some. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, if you, that, that's true. We could do it that way, but no. Uh, in the uh, Muslim household, uh, they, they don't do a lot of that celebrating. But we got together. Um, actually, it was supposed to be over Christmas weekend, but somebody. Apparently, there's like some cold going around because like a few people in the family got sick, so we. Pushed it's to, the triple demic, Abe. It's not just a pandemic any longer. It's, it's a very I, stupid word. Yeah, but it seems like this is like the. It's not the. Te- it's just like a cold. It's not like an RSV thing or a flu, uh, COVID yeah, thing. Just rather. a normal. Right. Everybody gets sick at Christmas cold. Yeah, everybody yeah. got sick with us too. We went out to Denver as we talked about last episode a couple weeks ago, and it was very nice. Yeah, my brother was sick, and uh, of course the kids are just absolute germ factories especially because they go to school or they go to daycare or what have you and they got everybody else sick and my kids both have sort of coughs and runny noses now and that's just what happens though this time of year and of course we're going to send them back to school tomorrow and hopefully infect all of the children there no, with they'll what, wear masks yeah 
is that the, I've seen that recommendation floated around or like just like the first week or two just mask up just well, to kind of sick. like they're colds they right. have colds so they right. should wear masks because yeah, it's they polite also probably stay home but no they're fine yeah yeah they're fine like they're fine they should wear a mask to school this is like in the future when we're through with this it's just like when you have a stuffy nose and a cough, wear a mask, go about your life. Should we talk yeah. about our travel woes first, or should we talk about the Georgia football game first? Oh, the travel woes. Travel woes? Because, like, but end it, on the happy note. You guys did not uh, fly with Southwest, I assume, right? Cause, no. Uh, it was okay. not Southwest. Didn't it, matter. It was still bad, though. We, You'll recall we talked about how we're going to fly out of Richmond, and we were worried about the the road getting there and should we leave the night before and stay That's in a hotel right. or yeah. leave the morning of we ended up leaving the morning of it was 4 a.m is when we got up we left at five five degrees outside according to my phone it when, wasn't that many degrees when we walked out the door and i had started the car I, you can do the remote start here in in our bogus future you, you hit the button on the car remote and it starts right up so it was going to be a nice warm car right for us when we got in the car and we, we got out there, and we we couldn't open the doors. The door, it was so cold that the doors had frozen shut. Did somebody die during this football game? This doesn't look good. Yeah, someone DeMar died. DeMar Hamlin? Head or neck injury or something? Yeah, he's dead. That doesn't the look coach promising. looks like he's seen coach a ghost. Don't show good. it. All right, we're going to watch this replay here and see. Oh, Lord. Some sort of neck injury? It doesn't look that bad. Oh my god! And oh my god! And oh, he just I didn't fell see over. it, but I saw him fall down. It's like a very minimal, just football-looking tackle oh, without wow. even. Oh wow! Oh wow! That looks kind of scary. He stands up to talk some shit, and then he just collapses, Aww. and then bangs his head on the ground again. Well, that it's a bummer anyway. Terrible. All right, more on now for us Back to complain. To me. Anyway, I tried to open the car doors; they wouldn't open. It was so fucking cold that the the moisture that is in the seal like the rubber gasket that runs around the entire car you yeah. know whatever moisture was in there had just turned to ice and we had to like really work hard to get the trunk and the doors open shoulder the door open backwards <laughs> it was cool yeah it was cool and I, we, we, we filled the car with our crap and shot on down the road no ice problems no nothing we got to the airport the ice had the moisture had been blown away by the wind okay the, the day before had been sunny and very windy totally so fine. the roads were super dry get to the parking lot we park our car we get on the shuttle we get to the airport with like an hour and a half 45 minutes or so before no one in security just walked right through right before the flight is supposed to take off we walk right through security there's maybe uh, a couple dozen people in the entire security line. There were people that had cats. It was cool. <laughs> By the way, this uh, doesn't sound like travel woe so far. Everything yeah, is just no, it's great. Great. Everything's going Perfect. fucking amazing. We sit down, and then we do not get off our asses for like seven more hours. It was that was it. We we were just sitting there in the airport. We were supposed to take off at eight a.m. And we did not board the plane until like one thirty, I think. Oh, it was two thirty. Two thirty. Yeah. It's very late, and then we sat on the on the tarmac there at the gate for an additional twenty five minutes while they loaded our luggage because 
for some reason, though the plane sat there at the gate with for the gas on, nearly right. seven hours the with the keys, time. like the keys in the ignition and the engine running, just yeah. pumping carbon dioxide you could into s- the air the you, whole time. Yeah, you could see this. Like I don't know what it was. I don't. I, it's not like he was throttling up the engines or anything right. like that. But like it was also very cold. So I'm sure that if they'd turned them off, they just wouldn't have turned back on again. All right, all of the Buffalo Bills are weeping on the oh, sidelines. Shit, right does this guy have like a heart attack? This is not good. There's no way this is a good development. Yeah, it's something very bad. Oh, anyway, all right. So we try to get on the the end of the story is that we get on the fucking plane, and uh, it's a full seven hour delay. the The reason, if you'd like to know the reason for our delay, is not at all weather related. There were no problems whatsoever with that. It turned out that one of the flight attendants did not show for this flight. So they had a flight crew that was down a single flight attendant. And according to the law, you need to have, and I looked this up while we were sitting there because they announced this. First, they said, we don't have a flight crew. That turned out to be a lie. They were just trying to buy time. They did have a they flight crew. They didn't have a crew the way that like a troop As is, a, defined, is a singular yeah, basically it's like person. A pool room. Right, they, yeah, they like they proceed. didn't have it. They they were missing one crew. Right, right. And so, according to the law, and I got this from a, a Cornell Law School website, no person may operate an airplane unless at least the following number of flight attendants are on board the airplane. For airplanes having more than nineteen but less than fifty-one passengers on board, one flight attendant. For airplanes having more than fifty but less than one hundred and one passengers on board. Two flight attendants and four airplanes having more than 100 passengers on board. Two flight attendants plus one additional flight attendant for each unit or part of a unit of 50 passengers above 100. And our plane held something like 170 passengers altogether. It was full. So we needed 100 and uh, with 170, we needed four flight attendants and we only had. No, you're wrong. There were three flight attendants. On our flight? No, we had four because they sent two girls down from uh, okay. Dulles. So what they ended up doing is they put two girls on uh, a, an airline, an airline company with planes on a, on a bus. Oh, two wow. people in a fucking car. From, because that's how much more reliable it is to drive. From they Dulles. They put them in a car. I don't know why you're shouting. <laughs> because why do we fly anywhere if even the airlines can admit it's the worst way to go? Can't count on it. Just get in a fucking car. Yeah. So they drove in from from Washington, D.C. to Richmond in order to get on a plane to go to Denver. Which also, the lesson that should be learned by us is that if we're flying United, we should just fly out of D.C. because that is a hub. Okay. Right. Because unlike Southwest, United and like American and Delta operate on the hub and spoke model. I've heard that term like a million times in the last like 10 days. Yeah, we're all <laughs> well-versed in how these airlines operate in the last couple of weeks because of the disaster. I just don't understand. Like there were other United flights that were coming into and out of this airport. Just get one of those people. Right, pull except them yeah. over they're to supposed this to, flight. They're supposed to then be somewhere else. You can't Figure just – Figure that out then. Right. Like right. sort shit out. Manage your shit. 
And the fucking ambulance is still on the field. I'm pulling you from over in this section, and I'm putting you in this section, and I'm pulling you from here. Figure it out. Right. So Lori wants a manager to step in and solve the problem. I want a manager to step in. I took a class in management, actually, so I know what I'm talking about. Right. College. On On the same subject, we can talk about Southwest. Southwest canceled nearly like 7,000 flights over a three- or four-day period, I think, last week uh, over Christmas. And the reason that they gave for that, or they didn't really give this reason, but the apparently the underlying reason is that their in-house software is uh, fucking old and bullshit, and it cannot handle when something goes wrong. So if a person is supposed to be in Phoenix, but that flight never made it to Phoenix, then it sort of fucks with the whole thing, and they right. can't recover from it quickly. Uh, and apparently this is a known problem with Southwest. The, their union has made a big stink about it in the past but never gotten anything done about it uh, as far as actually getting the problems fixed. And, yeah, Southwest had massive problems canceling like two-thirds or 70% of their flights for three straight days before resuming what they called normal operations. Apparently they're doing CPR on the field. Yikes. So they think he might have had a heart attack. Is it like that uh, soccer player? There was like a soccer player, like Swedish or something, where he basically, he looked like he was dead and they were doing CPR on him. I mean, they're doing CPR. My first prediction of 2023 is that there will be a COVID vaccine conspiracy theory about this before we're done recording here tonight. Probably. <laughs> that That will be findable on Twitter before the end of the evening, if not if not already out there. Also, the best part about the flight was that the pilots were, like, super fucking pissed about the whole... They kept, like... They were like, listen, we're going to Denver today. I don't know when, but we're... This plane and we are going to Denver So this was a Denver-based... It's a Denver-based crew, so they had to get back, and also it's a Denver-based airline. So we knew that the plane was going to go eventually. We just didn't know how long it was going to take. And the, the, like I said, the best part is that we get on the plane and we're like good to go. And then he's like, all right, we got to wait because they got to put your luggage on the plane. I literally watched our luggage get loaded onto <laughs> like, the plane. What have they been doing for eyes. seven hours? It's uh, cold. But on top of that, we get to Denver and we sit on the tarmac there for 45 fucking minutes. After the reason, a, a, which is normal. That's no, very normal. No gate available or some sort yeah. of thing? No gate Just available. A, but we like that, I feel like that's standard plane. big airport stuff. Like when you fly into any Atlanta, Denver, yeah. big airport. When you do, maybe. Not when, not when I do, usually. Yeah. Lori so, always has problems flying. I don't usually have I'm problems. I'm never flying. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Unless there's literally no option. My kids pointed out, what about a boat? Okay, fine. If the other option is a boat, I'll fly. Right. But there's just no reason to do it. We watched that Maverick movie. and A good reason to do great. it is that uh, driving to Denver would have taken 24 De- straight so hours. So fucking what? It took seven to not get there. So, like, we watched Maverick, which was great and we can talk about. But they do the thing... Where a show they show how going really fast is bad for you. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, going real like yeah. we shouldn't travel. Four hundred miles, five hundred miles an hour is not uh, notably. <laughs> it is. I can feel it. Ten point two g. It's not g. good. Yeah. yeah, 
How fast was he going there? Like almost 10,000? Like it was uh, it some ridiculous matter. number. It's too fast. <laughs> I did the math on it. It's like 7,700 miles per hour yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It's, anyway, it's very fast. whatever you do on an airplane is too fast. Disagree. Flying is uh, an amazing miracle right. of modern well, life and is good. I'll meet you there. My, my, uh, I've been lucky so far. I haven't had any issues, but I, I can imagine what a pain in the ass it is if the system doesn't work when it comes to flying. Because like with driving, you can get there. There's not going to be a big issue. Or and if something you can goes say, wrong, fuck yeah. this. I'm pulling over. Right. I will right. stay here. Right. Mm-hmm. You can drive. Yeah. But like if something goes wrong with a flight, you're just sitting there and you're like, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. And they do. have your stuff. Yeah. And you've committed to this, right? If, especially if it's a connecting flight, you can't get your yep. luggage back. Yeah. There's no, there's no question it's sort of uncomfortable in terms of like the loss of, con- like you're giving up control. Like right. it's no, doesn't feel good. And then on the way back, leaving Denver, apparently this is common, but like it, there's just rough air around Denver. And so like leaving Denver, there's like severe turbulence. Like the plane is jostling all over the and place. We were and we're in the very back of the plane where I should never sit. I've, yeah, I apparently it's just worse like, in the back of the plane. Is that the worst oh, place so for worse. turbulence? Okay. Well, it's just... it. Same thing, like, on a roller coaster, the jerkiest part is in the back. Okay. Same thing. Like, even in a car, you get more motion sickness in the back of it. It's just how physics works. Right. It okay. transfers energy to where it can transfer, and right. then it has nowhere else to go. But, yeah, it was awful leaving Denver. It was terrible. But at least uh, yeah. the Denver to Virginia, there's no delay, right? It's just turbulent. No, it was okay. perfect. No, okay. everything went great that time. We got... Got to the gate, and within my 15 minutes, uh, we were getting on the plane. My daughter's on the watch list now. Oh? Yeah, Kate, Katie <laughs> got ran- – out of the four of us, Katie got randomly selected for <laughs> okay. the the hand screening where they, like, scrape the hands and check to see if there's, like, radiation bomb or residue. something or, or yeah. bomb residue on her. Yeah. They, they, they select then kids they under also, 10? I thought there was, like, some sort of minimum age thing. Apparently not because she got selected both also her stuff all her of her stuff, stuff got also flagged. got searched and her I think even her checked luggage probably got searched because it came out separate from it didn't all the, say it usually the if they search it it says that they searched it right but it it, it does but make sense they se- don't have to yeah they don't have to I don't think and they it came out separate from the other ones even though it, it went on the plane at the same time so who knows otherwise uh, pretty good vacation we had a good time and the, the cousins. No, my kids and my five-year-old niece got along great the whole week. And, of course, we have a 15-month-old nephew, and that is just the perfect age for humans, arguably. Like, it's it's just they barely talk, and they just <laughs> sort of sit there. And if you have a, a baby that has a good attitude generally and doesn't, like, bitch and moan all the time, there's just no beating it because it's adorable. It only does cute things. And uh, when it's your nephew as opposed to your own child and you're not tasked with constantly keeping it alive and yeah. you're not responsible for all of the other garbage, you know, it's just a fun thing. Like it's just an amazing, fun, living toy that you get to play with. And then when it gets annoying, you just give you're it like, to its oh, parent. Oh, it wants mommy again. <laughs> like the, it's this really wonderful window where, like I said, if it's a good baby – and it, its personality consists just of sort of like, whoa, what an yeah. amazing experience the fucking world is. Like, and that's the look on when, its face 90% of Katie the time. is what we're saying. Right, when, when it's, it's not, not my daughter, who was awful at that age. Uh, <laughs> didn't uh, like anybody. It's perfect. Like, it's the exact, you don't want them to get too much bigger, and, and they're more annoying when they're younger. It was just a, a perfect time to hang out with a baby, and it was fun. 
Yeah, and we went tubing and stuff. We were at at almost 11,000 feet elevation up there in the mountains. Denver is just, it's absolutely beautiful. And we got a foot of snow. We got a foot of snow while we were there. Yeah, we got snow. Nice. Look at that. Yeah, Denver's a nice city. We didn't really go into yeah, the city. Yeah, we didn't city. really go into the city. My, my my brother's got a nice house, and then we drove out to the mountains. Uh, but besides that, we were when you we say mountains, uh, Boulder or some other place. Where where did you guys go? No, just the ones right there. Yeah, right no, there. Just like, okay. Okay. Just outside of Denver. I think it's, that people, people there would make would fun say of you we, if you well, said those were the mountains. Yeah, those, those were, like were the foothills. Like, well, they were mountains, so I don't know what qualifies something as a mountain, but that is what it is. Okay. Actually, I'm going to find out. Because I talk to people all the time who talk shit about the mountains here, like they're not mountains. Yeah. They fucking are. They're gorgeous. So the Bills are currently doing a full team prayer circle. At as least 1,000 feet in the air, uh, more above its surrounding area. So the ambulance is... leaves the field. What's a foothill? Are they going to keep playing? Of course they're going to keep they playing. Shouldn't. What else are they going to do? Cancel the game. Yeah, I mean this if, matters intensely in terms of playoff seating, right? I mean, the Bills would have to forfeit the game in order for this game not to go on, I would imagine. They're in it anyway. Do they are they not even concerned about whether they revive them? Like it seems like they're worried about the They've game? lifted Hamlin from the ground on the stretcher into the ambulance after giving him CPR. Every on the field, everybody on the field looks shook. Bill's kneeling in a huddle on the side as the ambulance drives off. Like, Twitter is not super helpful sometimes. Well, I'm watching it live. I just saw all of that happen. But Anyway, uh, we can move on from our complaining about travel. Like I said, it was largely a good week. Yeah, it was good. It's just like, fuck flying. Flying works only when it works. Otherwise, it's like, not fun. Considering your last experience with trains, I'm surprised that yours so quick to throw flying under the bus at least i so wasn't on a plane at least i wasn't a, however high in the air pressure in my head and yeah just, like at least i was just in a nice comfortable chair Lori's just a big baby is what we're i think what we've come to here flying is good and cool and i would you're like, a baby about trains i would like to fly more go fly fucking go uh, <laughs> i'll meet you the two coaches are now meeting on the field what would you do here if this is like... I mean, if he's dead, then... I mean, it depends on if the condition dead, of the player. If he's dead, you're done. We're not playing anymore. Right. I mean, that, if he's alive, then you can continue if to If he's play. alive and breathing and he's been he's left the he's field... Not. Right. I'm trying to remember the last time... Because there was the basketball player who died on the field the, uh, when, the we, were, when wrestling, we were kids. The wrestling guy died. Didn't he, like, fall and die? Who was that? What was that guy's name? The wrestling guy? Is it like Len Bias or something? How, I wouldn't. I don't know. Someone died. Hank Gathers. That was the person who I'm thinking of. Pat McAfee. Hank Gathers died in 1990 when we were kids. Remember that story? I I don't. That name didn't even register. I'm not sure. He had a arrhythmia in his heart or something. A, a weird heartbeat problem and died on the court. Are they calling the game? I don't know. We don't have the sound on. Turn the sound on for a second. Yeah, listening they're done. to. Us. Okay. No, they're just re gonna they're gonna go into the yeah, locker room and out. reset and do a little mini halftime or something, I guess. Okay. Should we talk about football where right. people didn't die? Yeah, let's talk about the football Only game. Only concussed. Where <laughs> where that nice young man who's the son of a murderer got concussed. All right. Hey, how did you watch the Georgia game on what? New Year's Eve? Um first of all, what a uh, I think this was the best college football playoff, right? Because both games were 
Yeah, quite a send off, uh, uh, yeah. an incredible send off for the four team format, right? Because right. next year yeah. we're, we're moving to a new format. This was the was this the ninth or the tenth year of the four team playoff? I thought it was more than that. I think this is the ninth season. Wouldn't they start like fourteen? Yeah, 2014. So this was the ninth okay. year. Okay. The ninth time that they've done this, and the first time that both games were awesome. Yeah. Uh, and although both games were not awesome. Well, the, they, they were both exciting, had crazy but, finishes. But yeah, the, the yeah. Michigan game was not competitive until it was, and then, and the, also it was sloppy and weird. Yeah, the Michigan TCU game was super weird. It, like they weren't good football games. I mean, ours was sort of, uh, but like that Michigan TCU game was sloppy. That's yeah. like college football yuck. Yeah, but they were still like absolutely it's thrilling yeah. endings, certainly. And Michigan just sort of had really awful luck. They kept. They're sort of like the Viking. I don't know if you watched the first quarter of the Vikings Packers yesterday by chance, but the there was this bizarre start to this game where it was fourteen to three, and there had been like maybe one first down, like all of, all oh, wow. of the points had been scored on uh, like a kickoff run back, a a ball that was recovered at the one yard line on a fumble that ends up getting it. You only get three points out of it. And then a pick six, and that was that was the way that the first seventeen points were scored. And there had been like one first down in the game, and that was sort of how that that TCU Michigan game went. Michigan was just sort of sucking for a while, and then managed to come back and and make it interesting. That Max Duggan character is good, by the way. I'm yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, about facing him next week, uh, but. The good news is that the Georgia Bulldogs do, in fact, get to face Max Duggan and TCU next week because despite being down 14 points <laughs> twice, it was 21 to 7 before it was uh, uh, Georgia comes back and makes it 24-21 and then loses the lead going into the half. So it's 28-24 at the half. And then we end up down 38 to 24, I believe was the next time we were down two touchdowns and end up winning the game 42 to 41. With my favorite play, a shank right into hey, the new at, year, into at, the new year. At midnight, the year, no babe, as, there's... As, as my son said, he kicked it in 2022, but he missed it in 2023, <laughs> is what Calvin said to me today. Yeah, that was so, and it wasn't, and again, I'll take any missed field goal, but when it's like immediately apparent that it's not it going in, close. it's the best. It's yeah. like, it's like, it looked like I kicked it. It looked like me at Top Golf, just grabbing a. Grabbing some no, there's I know that there's clubs and the clubs have numbers, but I don't know what any of those fucking numbers mean. Right. So I just pick the club up and I I rip it like it's a baseball bat in the general direction of the ball, and Christ knows where that ball is going. It's more likely going to the side netting than anywhere else, and that's what happened with that kick. That was a you, you almost feel bad for the. <laughs> That whole situation, except that it's Ohio State. I do. I feel bad for every single one of those players and the coaches. I don't feel bad for any of the fans. No, fuck fuck Ryan Day, the Greg Maddox-looking weirdo. No, he seems fine. (laughs) No, he's annoying. (laughs) Whatever. And and fuck all those guys. But fuck the fans. And most definitely fuck all those Ohio State people. who. But also, like, this is, like, what... What we Georgia did is what Alabama has been doing to us Georgia. Yes, and and like it fucking feels really good, and it makes me feel like I'm a bad person. It's like, <laughs> ha, you lost anyway. Like, right? <laughs> I don't like is, it, but 
Look, no one can control how these games go, right? And and Georgia has always been on the losing end of these goofy games. We get to be on the winning side of a dumb game, and it's like, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll how many it. times, and I, I, I certainly didn't go back and check, but it has felt like Georgia has lost on a long kick by the opposing team many times. Right. I can think of specifically uh, Tech hit a long, like, 50-yard-plus field goal against us in – I think 2014, whenever, if, if that, if the, is either 13 or 14, but they hit a super long field goal in Athens against Georgia to win the game at the end. That's happened many times. And it feels like for the last decade or so, teams just don't miss long field goals against Georgia. And it, it was great to see it finally happen at a, at a moment when it matters more than it arguably ever has before. This was, I mean, Kirby said it as he's walking off the field last night that uh, Stetson played a terrible game, that Stetson was bad, and there's no getting around it. Stetson Bennett was bad last night until the fourth quarter when he put together two drives that were basically perfect to close out the game. Which is reminiscent of the Alabama. Didn't he have like just like two drives where it's like, I'm not missing any throw. It's I'm gonna like make all the right reads. It. Yeah, it's like, it's it's like, like what <laughs> he needs to do. He needs to like. Oh, I suck. I gotta right. prove I don't suck. In it's something absurd. Like in the fourth quarter in those two games, he was 14 of 16 for like 200 yards and four scores or something ridiculous like that. Right. Like, and he had been awful. Like bad decision after, and the, and it's like there throughout this game there are a number of like. Normally, you can identify bad decisions by like, well, he threw fucking three pick sixes and he threw a bunch of interceptions. And But it's not. You look at his stats and it's like, oh, I don't know what you're complaining about, Bob. He had a pretty yeah. good game. Yeah, he had the one, the one thing there, but it's not so bad. It's like, no, if you watch this game... All of the zone read stuff, he gets wrong. Right. Like, oh, I should should I hand it to Kenny McIntosh and let him run through the giant hole on the left side of the line, or should I keep it myself and get sacked for three yards? He in the press conference was like, he called himself out about the lat. He was like, and then Brock made that amazing play where it was a first down, and then I threw a ball backwards. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Right, like just. Awful decisions and awful execution all the way throughout this game until like some until weird really switch mattered. flips in his stupid head and he turns into a, a superhero out there. Right. Where he made the best, I think probably the throw of his career, the best throw I've ever seen him make was uh, down the middle to Kyrus Jackson, uh, that, that seam route right down the middle into double coverage where only Jackson could reach it. That was a perfect yeah, ball where it, it has to be where he left it, where Jackson has to adjust a little bit back over the wrong shoulder in order to keep it out of the double coverage. Like it's just a perfect ball. You couldn't throw it and you couldn't place it there any better. And I don't know where the fuck it comes from because throughout the whole rest of the game, it's just trash. It's the wrong decision and the wrong throw over and over and over again. And I like, it's just incredible that he gets to the end and somehow fucking figures it out. Yeah. I, I think uh, the coach, is, uh, was correct in his assessment with us, uh, Bennett, but like the defense was not particularly good. And this well, was the Ohio State's was really good. Yeah, yeah, they had a great game, but um, this wasn't uh, a plan uh, to word. I was, I was supposed to watch it at a friend's place, uh, the game. Mm -hmm. I ended up just watching it. I just came home and watched it at a bar right here. And there were some Ohio State fans that I was uh, interacting with. And I told them, by the way, lovely people. I mean, maybe the TV online Ohio State fans are obnoxious, but the real flesh and blood 
Ohio State fans are perfectly fine. Uh, and I was telling them, like, I hope sure it's, they are. I hope it's not like the Bryce Song experience where like a a play a quarterback of its caliber makes easy work of Georgia's defense and then just making these throws and every player seems to be behind our defense. I don't know what the hell was going on, but CJ was- Stroud was so good. It was ridiculous. He was, he was bad for him. He was so much better than I thought he was going to be, and he made it happen in a, in a way that we Georgia hasn't had to bother with since when Bryce Young absolutely took us apart, right? right? Like we have not seen a quarterback have that consistently good a game where he does nearly everything right. He makes all of the right decisions, and I could only I've watched the second half twice now. I've watched the fourth quarter like four times now, and it it was hard to identify where he made a mistake. Or he where, didn't. Yeah, I don't think he made any he serious mistakes. He missed maybe like one or two throws where he wasn't just trying to throw the ball away. Like right. like maybe one or two throws are yeah, questionable. And even when he was just throwing the ball away, he was doing it because he was going to get sacked otherwise. Right. No, like, he made he the w- right decision over and over again. And he he did it on the run. It's not like we didn't get pressure on the guy. Right. Like he killed us because we were getting pressure on him and then he was finding an open receiver. And the secondary, despite the like it wasn't like that LSU game where we just sort of dropped into soft coverage and they tore us a fucking new one in the second half and ended up with all of those yards. This was the secondary largely staying with their men, but the the guy was able to extend the play so long that eventually they come open because this is one of the best the one or two best wide receiving cores in the nation is what Ohio State has right now, uh, uh, starting with Marvin Harrison Jr. Future cult. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, is he? When does he come out? Is uh, it next 20, year? He has one, twenty-three or twenty-four. But there should be some I sort think of he has one more l- year in college, legacy yeah. exception to the draft. You know, he should be given first dibs. Oh yeah, to he, the Colts. <laughs> just just sign with the Colts. Doesn't don't have to worry about the draft. Yeah, uh, his dad like murdered a guy, right? Ah, we... They couldn't prove it. That <laughs> can make that. Man, case look what stick. happens in football, and when we're not murdering, you right. know, it's just, don't blame the player, blame the game. A couple of plays that I want to talk about in this game. The first is the Arian Smith touchdown, which was like 75-yard play, I think, something like that. You sound like you're going to start crying about it. It was. So it's just like a go route. It's just like Arian Smith, fucking run as fast as you can in the direction of the end zone and see what happens. And he does one little deke. He does one little move, and the guy falls down, and he's just wide open. Right. And and I, I, I don't know if I was standing yet or if I stood up in order to yell and scream. I think you scream. were standing already. I was probably already standing if I know myself. The worst person to watch football with. No, I'm awesome to watch football <laughs> with. More people should do it, but you're not invited over either. So I don't know why I said that. But I, I stand up or I'm already standing up and I'm just yelling, there's no one there. Yeah. There's, yeah. Oh, my God, there's no one there. And I'm like just yelling it and I'm able to say that like three times. The The ball is in the air for, for so, so fucking yeah, long. Yeah. It's like the way that I – it felt like like an avatar when it goes from 24 frames a second to 48 frames a second. Yeah. It was it was like everything had slowed down. And that was in part because even though there was no one within 30 yards of Arian Smith, Stetson Bennett couldn't hit him in stride, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Arian Smith still had he's to like slow stopped. down. And yeah. very – like you can watch it and he's like – he does it so that it all happens sort of seamlessly, but he goes from sprinting at full tilt to like 
da da yeah, da, yeah. da da yeah. da and then he makes the catch and then he's running again right. and it's like it's as though someone had slowed down the tape <laughs> while the ball was in the air but it was just because it was sort of a mediocre throw by Stetson right but, it but of course yeah it was fine yeah. because it doesn't matter because there's nobody fucking there. Right, yeah. And him thank slowing God he down li- did not prevent uh, him from scoring. Right. Unlike every other uh, long throw of Stetson's career where the guy gets completely wide open. It seems like it. The guy gets completely wide open and then has to hang out for five minutes until the ball gets there and then can't complete the touchdown because there's too many people around him because they finally caught up. I, I will say I, I'm not a quarterback, but I can imagine that with – such tight windows at all times when the quarterback sees the one lone defender falling down, it probably messes up with his like thinking. So like he probably underthrew it because of like he like if they're running in stride, both the defender right. and the receiver, for some reason I think he would have hit him in stride. But because it was so yeah. wide open, no, it just kind of Stetson's hunkered. brain is doing the same thing that I was shouting, which is Oh my God, yeah. there's no one there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Don't fuck it up. So that was awesome. But that comes on the heels of what has to be considered the greatest timeout in sports oh, history, right? Yeah. I like, think it is. I think already through the internet, it's it's that. Certainly it's the greatest timeout in Georgia sports history. I don't know. Uh, I, I suppose there are other great timeouts. But Ryan Day— Not according to the internet. Well, I mean, the yeah, there's always these uh, timeouts before a so field the other goal, timeout, but you can never prove. No. And, yeah. The other great timeout is Nick Saban's timeout. With the with our fake punt. That did happen. Anyway, Ryan Day, they've got the ball like at their own 35 or something, and it's fourth and one, and it's in their territory, right? So they still, they're still 15 yards from midfield. It's not the typical spot where you would go for it, especially with the lead, right? And so they appear that they're going to punt, uh, but Kirby sees something that doesn't look quite right. Now, I, I imagine uh, the people up top saw it, right? And they relayed that to the field. Also, no, Kirby says he saw it himself. Also, who in our living room said, it looks like they're going for it? Yeah, Lori said something. I fucking saw it. Right. By the way, did anyone online... I don't know how, or but I did. Anyone online or in person, did anyone catch... Because this was a 12-on-11 play, right? There was a... Right, like, so they had one too many yeah. men on the field at, right. the, at the moment as well, which none of the referees decided was a problem, apparently. But, but you can is, look at the... What's weird is that people can identify a potential uh, fake easier than to... to I, I wonder if they need to have a, a specific ref to look for those kind of 12 players or whatever because they There's sometimes supposed miss to be those. one ref who counts everybody every time right i thought that was like one guy's yeah. job this is to sucked, but what, make what sure that everybody do? is out there this crew is terrible yes. there are multiple instances of georgia players getting tackled in the backfield like uh, the defensive lineman just getting tackled by offensive lineman and no holding is called there was holding there were multiple times when our defensive lineman had split two offensive linemen and was a step past them and then stops stood up and and by the way that means that there's holding happening yes that's the the only thing that can be happening then if he's a step beyond that guy is that he is being held it's not a legal block any longer and it happened over and over again and i don't think there was a single holding call called on ohio state all night long and they missed the too many men on the field thing. But Kirby gets that timeout off, and there's people online bitching about, like, oh, he didn't actually get it off in time. It's like, yes, he did. He did, Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Because there's been multiple camera angles to show the sequence, yeah. and it was close, but it was very clear. It wasn't like there's no dispute unless you're 
Just yeah, right. the, the ref there's did a weird, take his sweet time. There's like, a weird hitch oh, in, hey, in right. the referee. Because Kirby's calling timeout, 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 timeout. You see the ref see Kirby calling Processing timeout. Processing, yeah, yeah. And then he takes like a full beat. There's like a full beat before he actually blows the whistle right. and runs onto the field. So I understand why people are upset, but that was that was absolutely a legitimate timeout. And the the greatest timeout in sports yeah. history. It saved the game. <laughs> yeah. There were so many, so many moments in this game watching it through the third and fourth quarters again that like this one little thing goes slightly differently and Georgia just doesn't have the a Brock chance. The Brock Bowers first down. The yeah. Brock Bowers first down wow. is a play of unimaginable athleticism when you see the replay from the two camera angles that they had in this game. And thank God that this was a high-profile game yes, and that ESPN exactly, had 4,700 exactly, yeah. cameras right. there or whatever. Yeah. Because the, the camera angle of the, the first down marker extended up into, like they did the virtual reality overlay of the fucking thing where you can see exactly where he needs to get and the one that's right down the sideline. And you can see his toe scrapes because, of course, you've seen a thousand times uh, in the, uh, at these artificial turf stadiums where they have those black pellets that yeah. spray up mm-hmm. when your toe scrapes. And so that's how they determine whether or not you're in bounds. His toe is scraping as his massive body is sliding out of bounds, right? His foot is down and it's sliding. And as he gets to the sideline, somewhere in his fucking brain, he decides he's going to lift his foot off the ground so that his back half doesn't go out of bounds. It's as, the, the core strength it takes to do that is so insane. Right. As he's planting <laughs> his hand on the ground right. to keep himself up inbounds in the front half, as his other arm is reaching the ball forward, it is a, a feat of of athleticism that like it's completely unimaginable and you don't even know like can you even call that awareness no it's, you, it's the same can, as roquan smith's one-arm tackle in the sugar bowl or the rose bowl it's right. the same level of like how did you do that right also it's just like it, it, it's freakish it, and it's inhuman when you see it in in slow-mo I'll make sure that there's a clip if you right. want to go to the website by the way and i, I it's think just nuts I, maybe this is not uh, the best example of refs fucking it up, but they got this one wrong. Basically, they had it. They spotted the ball like way out of. He was a yard short right. on the original spot. So they and when it I up. saw yeah. it live, yeah. I thought, I thought he sure looked short to me because to me, he's he his whole body is sliding out of bounds, short of the line. He was in line. the air. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look in the air to me. I thought that we were toast. And then they come back and they're like, "By the way, uh, check out this other angle we have." And again, like I said, like thank goodness that ESPN had all of this coverage because in a normal game where they only have six cameras on the field right. or whatever, they wouldn't have had all of these angles to prove it. And I think with just normal normal camera angles, you can't actually see that his foot comes off the ground at the last second. Right. And then, of course, as Laurie was saying earlier, Stetson throws the next one as a as an incomplete lateral pass that loses. He's embarrassed. 10 yards. He's embarrassed about it. But we end up kicking the field goal on that try to get. I forget that that gave us twenty seven points. I guess so. It was thirty eight to twenty seven at that point. And then, yeah, I mean, the, we end up going up forty two to forty one because we held them to a field goal on their next possession, and then, and we we score that last touchdown that we scored with Ad Mitchell making. Something like the fourth or fifth catch of the season, I think, for him because he missed the entire season. Was that a? Because uh, I, I I read some comments uh, as far as the end of the game was like a time management issue. Basically, you want to score when yes. you when the opportunity presents score itself. Way you, too fast, right? You can't just play cute and try to kill the clock. Just score well, when you so can score. I agree with you up until the point where we hit the the Kiris Jackson throw. Right. So when you hit that long throw down the middle. 
that's when you say like, we hiked the ball with like 30 seconds still left on the play clock, I think, on the on the first down play, which was a mistake. And then we hiked it with like 15 seconds left on the play clock on second down, which is when we scored the touchdown. And like you so you could have you could have your first down at like the 15 yard line, I think. You're not going to get another first down, probably. Right. And yeah. and certainly they weren't calling plays that would have resulted in first downs. So I agree with you. You can't be too cute. You want to just get points no matter what. But if the thinking is we're just going for the end zone here, then we only have four plays. You might as well eat up more clock, right? There's, I mean, there's no reason to leave all of that time on there. And you could have easily without just calling a running play, right? So right. like that that's another like you could try to be super cute and just call a running play so that you're definitely either burning clock or forcing them to burn a timeout. Uh but if you're going to throw it, you might as well let all the time bleed off the clock and there were there were easily 40 more seconds that could have taken off the clock and still run the same number of plays. And it's ultimately it doesn't matter, but if you could have given them the ball back with just 14 seconds instead of 54 seconds, right. that would have been certainly preferable. That uh, that final drive, it was basically C.J. Stroud doing everything. Just like he did it. I don't know how many yards he got with that run, but like he put them. Yeah, it was like in a thirty-five-yard run or something down the middle of the field. Yeah, he just was playing ridiculous football. Kudos to him. No, oh, he was awesome. Uh, wherever he was going to be drafted, he will now be drafted higher. I'm sure. And yeah, to an extent, you feel bad for him just because. He outplayed the shit out of Stetson Bennett. And this was this is one of those games because there's what are there? There are three teams in college football that have basically this amount of talent. Yeah. Right? It's Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama. Right. And you can look at these rosters and you're like, okay, like twenty five of these guys are going to play in the NFL someday. And that, that goes for this team and Ohio State and for Alabama. And when you you put those two things together and you just sort of see what happens, you would think that the team that gets the superior quarterback play would end up winning that game, right? Because if, if did. all other things are equal and you get way more way better quarterback play on one side of the field, you would think that team is going to win. Right. And they very nearly did it because they had uh, 54 seconds to get the job done. Well, and how, I mean, crazy might not be the word, but like there were four Heisman finalists Three of them were in the college football playoff, and yeah. two of them are in the championship. Like, right. yeah, that's interesting. Right. I think Kirby Smart a few weeks ago said basically what's kind of downplaying the need to always uh, get a five-star quarterback in each draft class because, like, oh, you can get them through the transfer portal and kind of almost minimizing the importance of quarterbacks. It is apparent to me that this, as great as a defense that Georgia has, they can be overwhelmed by like one of these superstar quarterbacks, like a Bryson caliber quarterback can overwhelm this great defense at a, you know, every now and again, like, and so you would need to have a quarterback. Any any legitimate offense is going to overwhelm a legitimate defense in the way that college football and the NFL rules are set up. Yeah. It's just the nature of the sport. Now, greater offenses beat great defenses across the board it's uh, you can look at georgia which has had the best defense in the country basically one of the top five defenses in the country since kirby got here and how have we gotten to the playoff and what have we done in the playoffs in these last few years we get into these fucking huge shootouts yeah right like the it's just the nature of the sport is even with the best offense in the country you're going to have to score 40 or 50 points to win these games at some point it's what happened in the rose bowl it's what happened here it's what it took to beat alabama we needed a whole bunch of points 
Do you find it odd that uh, after the college football playoffs, you know, what TCU did in the first game and how Georgia performed against Ohio State in the second game, that Georgia would open as a two-touchdown favorite? Like, is that because I thought it was going to be a lot closer than that. Like, I know you I can't mean, do the math that way, but like... There the, wasn't any defense being played in it, Arizona. Okay. There was... I mean, Ohio State's defense was very good, too. Yeah. yeah. So that's what made the game interesting, and that's why it's good for college football that it ended up being Georgia-Ohio State. You know, everyone thought that was going to be the championship game at the end of the year. It right. turned out to be the playoff. Right. But like we still got to see that matchup of what appeared to be the two best teams throughout the year. Right. And it's a two touch it's a two touchdown difference because as good as Max Duggan is, this is not a roster that has twenty future NFL players on it. Right. Yeah. The talent disparity is going to be great. That doesn't mean that they can't beat us. That doesn't mean that uh, Duggan won't have a really awesome game and run around like a crazy person the way that Stroud did. And if he hits his throws, then yeah, we could be in trouble. You know, I, as much as I like, and I think that Kirby's timeouts in this game prove that he is a much greater handle on the goings on on the field than he did five years ago, right? Like, like I think he's, he's a better. much better yeah. game manager now than he was before. I still have a great deal of concern with him in terms of how he prepares for these games, not emotionally, not psychologically. He is obviously really good at getting his teams ready to play, to walk out onto the field and fucking kill and like fucking knock people out. Right. I think he's brainwashing them. Yeah. They all say the same thing. Yeah. He is absolutely brainwashing them. Like, I think that's what it takes. Like that's what he learned from Saban. Like, and when was last time up until arguably this year, a Nick Saban team walked out onto the field and you were like, man, they just weren't ready to go today, right? right? right. Yeah. Like they, they were always ready to fucking go. And and Kirby's teams always seem to be completely ready to go. Do they shit the bed sometimes? Yeah, sure, the defense can be exposed. But that's like in-game stuff. Like it, it feels like the, the preparation from a mental and psychological standpoint is there in a way that it wasn't under Coach Mark Richt as much as I loved Coach Mark Richt, that there were just... A couple times a year, a Georgia football team was going to walk out against a lesser opponent and get their ass handed to them, and there's no like for no good reason. Right. And it seemed to be something about the way that he prepared the team. But I'm still not convinced that Kirby. I don't want to say it's an intellectual approach to the game or something, but we seem to prepare very generically for these teams. We don't seem to game plan specifically for our opponent very much. And I think that that goes back to his mindset about like physical smash mouth football and just physically dominating the other guys prepared for Tennessee specifically. Yeah. I think that you're probably right. Uh, The defense had a good game plan against Tennessee, but it seems like more often than not, we have a very generic sort of let's go out there and play our game and the defense is going to do what the defense needs to do just by virtue of their talent and we're going to skate by not not skate by exactly but we're going we we will win or lose based on how much we can maintain composure and physicality and do what we need to do to win the game and it and maybe that's enough, especially in a in a in a college football landscape where there's arguably only two or three or four other teams that can equal you in terms of the talent that you put on the field. That's usually going to be enough. But it it felt like 
we needed a little bit of something more clever or interesting or less less generic in the way that we prepared for this team. And I hope certainly that given what Max Duggan can do, like even if it's just something stupid like a spy where like there's yeah. a linebacker yeah. whose job it is is to be on top of Max Duggan for the entire time. Like I, I hope that they're it, they're not just going to take the we're bigger than you, we're meaner than you, and we're going to pound the football down your face until we win approach. Right. But who knows? I don't know. I could be completely wrong about the way that this team prepares. It just it it's what it feels like when you're standing sitting there watching it. Yeah, one more thing to say about that game is the the targeting, the non-targeting call. And actually that goes for both of these games. At the very end of the Michigan TCU game, the the last play of the game, they they started doing the hook and lateral play and that's right. Yeah. The play ends with a, a TCU guy lowering his helmet into the helmet of a Michigan guy and and making the final tackle of the game. And they reviewed it for targeting, and they came back after commercial break and said, no targeting. Whereas I watched that play, and I was absolutely convinced that that was a targeting call and that Michigan was going to get one more chance at about midfield to throw a Hail Mary and win the game. Now, in, the, in did, that, you, did you think that should have been a targeting yeah, call? Yeah, because the, the, for the Michigan game, there was helmet-to-helmet contact, whereas with the Georgia-Ohio State, there was not. Even though Harrison went there down. There was helmet-to-helmet contact. He just didn't lead with his head. Was there contact? No, it, it looked first, like, first with TCU-Michigan. Let's talk yeah. about TCU-Michigan. TCU, that seemed like very clear. Right. Very clearly, yeah. that was targeting. Right. And I think that the referees decided, we just don't want to be in a position where we're possibly deciding this game, right. and so we're not going to call that targeting. If it happened earlier in the game, they would have called it, right? I think it was a right. situational— If that happens with five minutes to go, that's a targeting yeah. call. Absolutely, yeah. right? So that's a problem, right? Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the alternative would be, I mean, it would dramatically alter the outcome of the game. I, even though technically it is, you're right, it is targeting. But so, so does an offsides right. when Tyler yeah. Simmons right. was supposedly offsides. Penalties affect the outcome of the game right. all the time. No, that's right. right. Yeah. Now, so then, then there's the other side of the argument where let's say that Michigan is like two scores down at that point, and that's the last play of the game, and they don't call the targeting because it's the last play of the game, and that now the TCU guy should be suspended for the first half of the Georgia game according to the rules of football. Right. Then, like, now is it weird on that end as well? Like, you just have to call the game from minute zero to minute 60 consistently and you cannot be deciding that you're not going to enforce a rule because you're worried about getting pelted with shit on your way out of the stadium later easier to say when you're not in the stadium but yes i agree and then in the georgia game at the end of the third quarter as this this was on third and goal or third and 10 or so from the 15 or something like that i don't remember but it was a it was a third and near the end zone situation and uh, Stroud, as usual, is being chased like a mad person all the way around the backfield and then finally just sort of chunks it up there. And Fowler completely blows the call. He says that uh, Stroud is throwing it out of the back of the end zone when, in fact, it was this big, like, long it arcing. To the back of the end right, zone. It was this long right. arcing wobbly duck of a pass that comes down right into Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr.'s hands. <laughs> yes. Like, because if you were just listening to it, it's like, okay, good. So now it's fourth down and they'll kick a field goal. But that if was... you're actually watching it, it's like, that is not what's happening, Chris Fowler. They're about to score a touchdown. And as as it's coming into Marvin Harrison's hands, there are like three dogs there. But uh, who was it? Ballard uh, yeah. comes Bullard. in. 
Bullard. Bullard, right. Bullard comes flying in across the back line of the end zone and lowers his his shoulder. Right, not his helmet. He didn't. He comes flying with his shoulders forward. It's different. Right into the receiver as the ball is getting there. And as his head is connected to his shoulders, it hit. It looks like a vicious hit. Yes, like, and I, it was indeed. When it I was. saw I mean, it live, it, it I immediately game, thought, yeah. Yeah. I thought, targeting, this is going to be a penalty. They're going to get the ball on the two-yard line with the first down, and the game is over, right? right. <laughs> They're going to go up three fucking touchdowns, and we're just going to be toast. And apparently, uh, after review, they come back and they say, no he targeting, no didn't penalty. Didn't mean it. And so they it's okay. Kick the field goal. Does Ohio State have any place to complain on that call, Abe? No, because I think that that you know, unlike the uh, even though I understand the decision not to call targeting the first game, I you can't call it. It, it would have been basically like a flag based on the outcome and not what actually happened, right? Because it did injure the receiver, the play, but yeah. it wasn't an illegal hit. It was close, but it wasn't. Every time right. they kept on showing the replay, it was obvious that that's not what happened. In, in right. live footage, yeah, it looked like it. But when you slow it down, that's not what happened. Right. And so uh, further, now the Georgia Bulldogs won the national title last year because Alabama didn't have their two best receivers. And the Georgia Bulldogs advanced to the national title this year because they – uh, the tight end, the the big time tight end, gets injured in the first quarter against us from Ohio State, and then the the guy who we just cannot stop, who's just open all goddamn night. He's six foot four, two hundred and twenty five pounds, and his arms is, are like as tall as I am. Right, what yeah. is with that? Yeah. And he's killing us. Yeah. He's super. He's he's not just tall, but he's long too. He's got the wingspan of a fucking condor, and he's catching everything yeah. that is thrown anywhere in his direction. All right, we don't have an obituary on the screen here, so that's good. Damar Hamlin, 24. This looks, I mean, you don't know it's not an obituary. It just, it's a rap sheet. Yeah. It, it seems like uh, maybe the situation is stabilized because, like, I, I just, I'm just looking at the closed captions on, on, of the game, and it seems like some of the Bills players are coming out. So I don't know if they got some positive word or if it's over. Ugh. Yeah. Also, I don't want to hear it from everyone because Darnell Washington got hurt and uh, Nolan Smith has been hurt all season or half season. Like, we're not at full staff either. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah, it looks like the game is done. Oh, they're packing up. Yeah. Wow. Good. But hopefully it's a, uh, they stabilized it and they're going to d- delay the game for, like, I don't know, later this week or I don't even know when they can yeah, play. they could do it whenever. Yeah, what the hell do you do? You can't do it whenever. There's only one week of football left. That's why you can do it whenever. I mean, it's probably it's not do like, like everybody a, else is a playing. forfeit for both teams. I don't know. That would make sense. That would be the only. What are these? The one and three seeds right now? I don't know. I don't have the playoff picture in front of me. But anyway, the end of the story there with Marvin Harrison is that he's concussed and does not come back for the rest of the game, and. I mean, there's an argument to be made that if if they've got him in yeah. the fourth quarter, they probably win that game. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, maybe if we had Darnell right. Washington blocking better yeah. and, the whole game, and, we would have played better too. And the thing is, with injuries, you you just have to kind of live with them. I mean, before the game, what was the the the, the linebacker that kept on showing for Georgia that was out for the whole year? I mean, people get injured, and these things happen. You just kind of have to live with yeah. with the what's outcome. His, what's Nolan his, Smith? What's his name? Right. Nolan, not Nolan Smith. Uh, the one, the big dude. There's 
J. They are all big dudes. <laughs> the bigger, oh, bigger Jesus dudes. Christ. First round, first 10 draft picks. But yeah, like I mean, you just kind of have to live with the outcome based on the players that you have. You can't say, oh, this doesn't count. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter only played like half the snaps because he's sick or something. They weren't saying it, but he was not playing the way he normally plays. Gotcha. Yeah, he looked a step slow. I, hopefully he he's sick. fully recovered by next week. I think that he had a flu or something. But like that, I think, immensely impacted how the defense was playing. When your best player, when probably the best player on the field, if not for C.J. Stroud, is not playing at their best. Like, yeah. I know shut up, everyone. I know we've been in the weeds on Georgia football, football for quite some time. But uh, one more thing. Is Keely Ringo Oof. the cornerback equivalent of Stetson Bennett? <laughs> because <laughs> Keely Ringo is a bum. He's been terrible this he's year. Still the, he's still uh, in the the mock draft in the top fifteen uh, in the end. Like they, they still ha- haven't projected very highly. He came in a highly sought after player. He had that great pick six in the title game. But you're right, this right. year he's in, been terrible. In, in the moment that mattered, he had the pick six last year, and it was great. And in the moment that mattered, he saved our bacon again this year because he he makes a great play on a on a ball that would have put them in uh, closer field goal range, right? So instead of a 50-yarder, it would have been a 35-yarder or something like that, or it would have given them another first down. He made a great play on the ball, and he didn't get flagged for P.I. for like the first time, I think, in six weeks. He's constantly getting flagged for pass interference. But in the, in the absolute last moment when it matters most, he got the job done. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, here's a 2023 pr- prediction. We can we can start with a 2023 prediction. Abe, I've heard some chatter online that all of the haters and doubters can hate and doubt all they want. But come the draft, when Stetson Bennett <laughs> is selected and into the NFL, the haters and doubters won't be able to say anything any longer. <laughs> Will Stetson Bennett play in the NFL in 20 or be drafted yeah, even yeah. in the NFL I, I, in 2023? Yeah, I think those are two separate questions. I do think he'll play as like some sort of undrafted whatever, but like he's no, he's not going to get drafted. No, he will absolutely not be drafted. He is a not very good football player playing in a, a program that you could not have designed a system where you want to insert Stetson Bennett, but at the same time, like I wouldn't like he's a legend, right? He will live forever in Georgia history as the greatest, greatest quarterback, quarterback yeah, yeah. of all time, despite the fact that since I've been paying attention to Georgia football since 2001, he's probably the seventh best quarterback. <laughs> oh, he dropped one <laughs> since yesterday. That's what's Ooh, frustrating. Well, of, seven. Yeah. Well, uh, just go through it. Go okay? for it. Go through go it. Go for it. David Green. Yes. You take David Green or, or, or Stetson Bennett. Green. Right. DJ Shockley. Shocking. Right. Uh, uh, and then who, who do Joe we have Cox? there? In the, who was, that? was it Joe Cox? Joe, Joe Cox no. or, or Stetson Tereshinsky. Bennett? <laughs> Joe T or Stetson Bennett, right? But Joe T never had the starting job. Right. He was just a fill-in. No. We're not counting so Joe Tereshinsky. You have we David, have two. David Green, DJ Shockley, Aaron Murray. Uh, no, let's. we got to go in order here. Uh, Matt Stafford. Next was Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Obviously, you take Stafford, Yeah, that's Stafford, not even close, right? yeah. After Stafford, then comes the Joe Cox era. Yeah, which sucks. I think it's kind of a toss-up, no, to be Bennett perfectly did honest. Probably the Cox. Be serious. Joe Cox or Stetson Bennett is absolutely a toss-up. No. This is, we're talking about Stetson Bennett edge, Especially the way 
when the moment matters, despite the pr- yes, prior yes. fuck-ups. Taking into, taking into account the, the results on the field, I will, I will take Stetson yeah. Bennett. And the Jesus it factor. He's got Jesus it. Christ. He's got the gumption. What was Joe Cox's win, win numbers? It. Hold on. How can I find this? Joe Cox, has, his Wikipedia page is like one paragraph, by the way. <laughs> it's like a I disambiguation page. I couldn't, I couldn't pick Joe Cox out of a lineup with two white dudes and one black dude. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I would blow it. All right. After it's Stafford. Not even saying what his win and loss record is. And after Joe Cox, who do we get? We get Aaron Murray for four years. Yeah, yeah. Murray's there, yeah. Aaron we'll, Murray is absolutely. I take Trump, Aaron Murray Jacob forever. Eason. Yeah, you Eason know. and Fromm, who played for Aaron Murray. I loved. I loved so much that there are Aaron Murray losses that I prefer over like eighteen out of Stetson's wins. Like that, that's how much I loved watching <laughs> I feel Aaron like Murray play so football. Similar. Like Aaron, you Aaron Murray was two different people. He was sucks Aaron Murray, or he was great Aaron Murray. Yeah. And sometimes it was whole games, sometimes it was quarters. But like he was as except that fickle. Except that Aaron Murray wasn't a fucking like he wasn't going around snapping his fingers and doing no, the arrogant fucking bullshit. I, he was just an aw shucks try hard guy, and I fucking loved him. Oh, and, I'm gonna go in the. I'm gonna go read. Football books now, guys. You want to come read football books anyway, with me? Anyway, <laughs> easily I take Aaron Murray over Stetson Bennett. You take you take both uh, Jake Fromm over Stetson Bennett. You I... take Cobb Eason over Stetson Bennett. I don't think there's much question there. Uh, apparently there is because – oh, wait. Did they not – they didn't overlap. I'm mixing up Jacob Eason with the other one, the Jake one Fromm? who went to – Justin no. Fields? Justin Fields? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, exactly. Stetson right. Bennett's been around for so many quarterbacks because it was from Eason yeah. was before from. Yeah, because he went to junior college Eason for a before, year, right? Yeah. He left the program. Eason was came before back. from. Eason was, and then from came in because Eason got hurt, and from stole the starting job right. yeah. from it was, Eason. It was from and Fields who came in at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the you take Poyle, both of those McPoyle guys. is who I'm mixing him up with. Right. You and basically then JT... take him over everybody. Yeah, you're right. Over the last 20 years, he's and, – and yet he is, you know, one time a national champion, uh, uh, possibly two times a national champion, a Heisman finalist. Like it's, it's remarkable that he's still at the bottom of the last, you know, seven or eight quarterbacks that we've had or near the bottom. Um, right. And like – I don't know what the quarterback room is like right now for the Georgia Bulldogs, but I have to imagine that the four and five star guys that the freshmen that we have will ultimately prove to be better quarterbacks than Stetson Bennett is. Uh, right. But, but yeah, I mean, again, are they likely to be in this position to where they could want to, that, that's going to be the weird legacy of Stetson Bennett. Like it's like the greatest quarterback you'll tell your kids when they're older and they're like, well, he, he, he he sucked, but like he's the greatest. Uh, also, right. he went to, it's hard. Like, and it's hard having a ten-year-old boy <laughs> who like all of his memories about Stetson Bennett are positive. Like yeah. he's only ever one. He's literally only ever won games. Right. And, and Calvin said to me, "Why don't you like Stetson Bennett again?" Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's great. I said because Dad doesn't like good things. It's it's. I love it, and I loved watching him run off the field after the when it's that shank so happens, he's and it, just, he's just he becomes and he, again is the same 
emotional reaction that he had last year where yes. it's not joy it's relief yes it's just i will not be the goat not the greatest of all time i will not be the scapegoat right. for this team I, I i go online and i this guy reads everything about him i guarantee it because he knows he about didn't last year. all of the haters and doubters he is absolutely well versed in the people who think like i do about his football playing ability but also, at the same time, like, you cannot argue with it. Yeah. Like, he's just, he wins also, the fucking game at the end. You I, can't take away the the non-football parts of the quarterback, right? Like, the leadership. Yeah, people, and the, the team seems the to thinking, love him, certainly. Like, all of that, like, how much does throwing the football matter if everything else is great? Right. You only need to throw the football right as much as he has. Yeah. And it's an all time story. It is it's a it's real such life a good story. It's a real life Rudy if Rudy had so gone good. on to win two national titles. Right. Like which, which obviously Rudy Rudy did not, in fact, go on to lead Ru- his team Rudy. to two right. national titles. Stetson Bennett, a walk on who had to pretend to be some other quarterback and then go to JUCO. Right. And now is twenty fucking five years old. What's the is out uh, there? What's the better story, uh, Stetson Bennett story or that uh, uh, grocery store clerk, uh, uh, Kurt Warner? Fuck that. Don't, <laughs> don't even. Story. I don't know, but Kurt, if Kurt Warner can get his own goddamn movie, yeah. you know no. the Stetson Bennett no. will. No, Abe, so the, the joke that yeah. I made up is that Timothy Chalamet should play Stetson Bennett yes. because they look kind of they similar. Look, yeah. But the real answer to who should play Stetson Bennett is Tom Cruise. Right. And not, not a de-aged Tom Cruise. No, no, current old Tom Cruise. Everybody else is in their in their early twenties, and Tom Cruise plays Stetson Bennett. They have the same vibe. Yeah. They have this. They're short and D- cocky. During the McAfee broadcast, the the because the ESPN did like forty seven different versions of the football game, and so they they had one that was just Pat McAfee and his buddies. Yeah. And one of the buddies says something about how Stetson Bennett's been doing this his whole life. And Pat McAfee goes, yeah, since like 1954. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only funny thing he's ever said. about right. Yeah. All right. We can move on here. My first no, prediction. we're almost done. I know. But my first prediction for uh, 2023 is that the Georgia Bulldogs will not lose in 2023. And that includes starting a week from tonight when they will win their second straight national title. And we will not lose uh, next year either uh, because we will – I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. Shitty schedule next year. Except I know it's going to be – the quarterback position will be played by a a, a more talented level. (laughs) And the the schedule is terrible. And the defense is only going to be better because it's a a relatively young defense compared to the defense that just sent half of itself off to the NFL next year. By the way, the year we just just got – over 2022 was this the first time that uh, georgia went undefeated in a whole year yeah i think so yeah not too bad and they won't have a they will not have another loss this calendar year you watch oh i hope we win it'd be so cool it would be so fucking cool and and like then i mean it i will stop I will stop wanting to win because that's too much back to back. <laughs> Is it possible to continue to win like like five times in a decade and not become a total sack of shit in terms of your fandom? Like, no. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. That's what like we're going to be Alabama. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the Patriots. 
It's, I mean, right, Abe, you got any, any 2023 predictions you want to get off your chest real quick? Uh, I think uh, the year is going to be great after the, the shank. I think I just have a good feeling about this year, despite all a of the other. A shank at midnight. I, yeah. I have a text. I have a text in my phone that says "sent at 12 a.m." and it just says "shank." And I left you a voicemail. I, don't, I haven't left a voicemail in fucking 15 years. And I called you up at midnight. I left you a, a voicemail where I just yelled "shank" at you for 15 seconds. So yeah. <laughs> How yeah, can it not be a great year? Yeah, it's going to be a great year, yeah. Uh, and uh, basically anything uh, that uh, didn't come to fruition for, for my 2022 predictions are going to uh, uh, extend it for one more year. Oh, okay. okay. You're rolling over your 2022 predictions as though, as though yeah. it were like a, uh, like a vacation day that you didn't <laughs> exactly. use. I wonder how a former president would feel about that. <laughs> Does that mean that you you are you are calling that Jimmy Carter will die in 2023, Abe? Right. Although if it happens within within the first week of 2023, I will count that as them hiding him for five or six days just out of spite. You and want he, you want proof of life yes, for the yes. first week of 2023? Yes, just right. to be on the safe side. On that front, Abe, I have some good news. I was checking the show voicemail. I don't know if you know it, but we have a we have a show voicemail. Look at that. The more you know. And we got we got a message. I woke up on January 1. It was yesterday morning. and We slept until 9.30. And I had a voicemail. Because we stayed up until 2 a.m. <laughs> because we could not calm down. Yeah. And we were on mountain time. This is what I heard when I, when I played the, <laughs> the voicemail. This is Jimmy Carter from Plains, and I wanted on this beautiful day given to us by the Lord above to wish Cast Island Brins a very happy new year. God bless and thank you very much. And Abdul Roman, I dare you, son, I would have expected more from a fine civil servant such as yourself. See you in 2024, you sick son of a bitch. What is wrong with you? Talk about our bogus future. <laughs> I don't know. I can't confirm nor deny that that came from the former president himself, but I, it sure sounded a great deal like him. Oh, that's funny. There's no way to find Joe Cox's win loss record, by the way. No. Like, I'd have to figure out which games he started and look at those games. That's crazy. On internet. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, Jimmy Carter alive and well, thank God. Uh, also in 2023, I believe that uh, mo- I will also roll over my 2022 prediction. Movies and TV will continue to s- mostly suck in 2023, Abe. What do you think about that? Well, <laughs> I didn't think they sucked so much last year. I mean, the, the movies were fine last year. Uh, TV. Uh, let's look at the let's let's look at a, Top a 2022. Two, a lot of fun. Like all, all right, wrong 2022 with that top top uh, domestic box office here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, in terms of a quick review, it's a thumbs up. We'll, we'll talk about it great. more in a Military minute. Military propaganda, sure, but great. No, no, it's fine. Avatar Way of Water. Great. Uh, a very, I, you I give watched it, it twice. I did. It's a reluctant thumbs up and thumbs down at the same time because this is, as I said, the most spectacular visual experience I can remember ever having had in a movie theater. And it's also a total piece of shit in terms of the <laughs> plot and the story. Uh, Black Panther, I understand, is largely unimpressive. Yeah, they were trying Doctor to do too much. And Doctor Strange, yeah. largely that mo- unimpressive. That movie sucked. Jurassic World Dominion. That movie sucked. Uh, Minions Rise of Gru. 
Didn't you see that one? Yeah, I think I took my uh, nephew to that movie. It was, you know, a minion movie. Yeah. Uh, the Batman was number seven. That I was really a good movie. I really enjoyed that, that movie, yeah. Up. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. I didn't see it. Not particularly good. Sonic 2. Did not care for that. Black Adam. <laughs> Did not care for that either. <laughs> Elvis. That was, I, I enjoyed People that. People liked Elvis. Yeah. The Uncharted? Tom Hanks act uh, was a little weird, but everything else was fine. Uncharted was apparently bad. Nope. People mostly liked, although it was divisive. Uh, Lightyear, Smile, The Lost City, and Bullet Train. I, and there's a Fantastic Beasts there somewhere. The anyway. Gray Man came out. We watched that. Not a great movie. Year 2022. Top heavy, certainly. Maverick was good. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, we can I, do it now. Yeah, in a minute. Another prediction I've got along those lines is that the Academy, the Oscars, will give Best Picture to Top Gun Maverick. You no. think so? It will shock the world. It will not go to Tar, which is probably the the favorite because nobody's fucking seen it. I've seen and it. Uh, Kate Blanchett's going to win for Best Actress, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't think it, it's going to win Best Picture. I'm just I'm just getting these I'm just getting these predictions out. I'm just I'm just gonna keep track and taking that uh, Oscar uh, category literally. It's hard not to go with Avatar two as the best picture. I know that's not how they mean it, but it's right. the best picture. Yeah, in terms of spectacular visual right. accomplishment, yeah. if that if that was what best picture right. meant, it's then not, but yeah, that would yes. win. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The war in Ukraine will not resolve in 2023, and Vladimir Putin will still be in charge in Russia. Throughout the entire year, I don't think there's much controversy there. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, Donald Trump. Here's here's one. Uh, Donald Trump will not be in contention to be the Republican nominee by the end of 2023. Oh, what I do don't you mean not true. in contention? He will have either died or dropped out of the Republican field and declared himself as an independent candidate. I don't know which. Uh, I don't see any scenario where Donald Trump dies in the near future, right? So I don't. See that happening, and you should put him on a football field to there, see what happens. <laughs> there's no uh, natural event uh, this calendar year that would make him not run. Right? If he were to not, or to, if we're to discontinue he his campaign, afford, he cannot afford to get to the primaries and start losing them. Okay, so but the primaries order, won't begin until the new. You think sometime like around the holidays? He'll, right. So sometime. Uh, at the in the fourth quarter of 2023, because that's when the debate he, will have started. You know how these cable news channels they start these debates like in August of the year before, right? Like right. the writing will be on the wall. He will be third or fourth behind like uh, DeSantis and uh, fucking Asa Hutchinson and you think uh, Nikki he can go Haley. Down to three or four? Like I mean, I understand the DeSantis trailing him, but who? What other like a Mike Pence t- type? Like uh, you can argue that uh, uh, popular governors get involved, like. Uh, Ralph Northam or uh, Brian Kemp Brian down Kemp. there in Georgia, all plausible. Uh, I think uh, Mike, uh, what's his face from Ohio? Mike DeWine, oh, is, DeWine. A, is a a plausible shot at a Republican nomination. And Donald Trump won't have his mojo and he will take his followers and take his ball and go home in that sense and, and declare himself an independent because the Republican Party doesn't want him anymore. And as a corollary to that absurd prediction, which will almost certainly not come to pass, the GOP coalition in the House will splinter and McCarthy, who is going to become the Speaker of the House in all likelihood tomorrow, will lose his speakership because oh, he conceded— wow. 
he conceded to a, a big demand from the people who don't like him, which is effectively he's put in place a no confidence vote, right? Yeah. That that they can they can basically call for a new speaker whenever they get super fucking mad at him. And so uh, the the McCarthy speakership will go uh, will be the shortest lived speakership in modern times because he will not be the speaker by the end of the year because there will be a splintering of the GOP when. Trump declares himself an independent candidate. On that point, do you? Because uh, I do think there there is some logic to that. I think he'll find enough votes to to survive uh, this week. But in the long term, like this doesn't this is not going to work for McCarthy or anyone else. For some reason, I foresee a like. Remember what happened with the UK prime minister positions, where just like one after another, somebody would come thirty days later, right. the whole thing would fall apart, and somebody else would come in. It seems like if McCarthy were to – his uh, reign were to collapse immediately, the next person up, like who's that? Uh, the, the New York uh, congresswoman? Like who would be – Yeah, Stefanik, Stefanik yeah. will lead an insurgency against the rhino or the, the, the not sufficiently Trumpy Kevin McCarthy, and he'll be gone. It'll be the Stefanik Jim Jordan show until that's not fucking crazy enough. But then they and won't somebody... have the support of the. I mean, at least at least McCarthy is within striking distance of the two eighteen that he needs. Like, is right. Stefanik a popular? I, I don't know. It just seems like it'll just be an unworkable kind of mess. Is this going to look right. like a disaster? The Republican Party is going to devolve into. Uh, Israeli politics, <laughs> right. but at least their 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 path to winning. I don't know much about the Israeli politics, but people apparently can come and go as prime minister with ease. There isn't that path. Basically, they're kind of almost kind of like a landlocked country because like the Senate and the presidency are on the other side, right? So they can't actually do anything. All they can do is prevent from things from happening, right? And so right. don't don't leave out the possibility that Trump himself throws McCarthy under the bus after six weeks of a speakership and demands the no confidence vote that they can now do that they arguably Trump could use that that's the that's the the sword hanging over McCarthy's head is he has to keep Trump happy to make sure that he doesn't insist that somebody who's close to him in the party demands another vote for a speaker if such a thing were to happen like wouldn't there be some adults in the GOP room say like how is this oh, gonna yeah. look? There's a lot of adults adults in the GOP room. <laughs> no, but if it just t- turned into just years. a shit show, if it devolved into some nonsense, right? What is the argument in yeah. 24? Like more of this? Like wouldn't they want to at least look like they can function as a party at least Maybe. for a year? I don't know. Yeah. So do you think McCarthy will be the speaker by the yes. end of 2023? I, I think he may not get it. In, well, oh, I'm sorry. You see, will he be by the end of the 20? No, no. I think he will win but it he will, this week. He will win it tomorrow, but he will. We're both saying he will not be speaker yeah. by the end of 2023. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Tom Brady will still be a quarterback next season. That is my prediction about 2023 as well. I, you know what? He will. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yes. This guy's going to just stay until he dies or something. There will be no voluntary Supreme Court vacancies and therefore no vacancies in the Supreme Court. Who's in... like the oldest? Like, I mean, it's like a... It's Thomas, Thomas, right? Thomas, right? 72, 73. So yeah, I think he's seventy four this year, maybe. But yeah, he's uh, he's not going anywhere, and he's like, it's amazing now with the Supreme Court compared to the the rest of our politics. Yeah, there's a bunch of spring chickens on the Supreme Court. The oldest one is Thomas, and he's only seventy four. Right. Compare that to 
the top uh, the party leadership in the Democrats and the Republican Party, and it's and he seems like he could easily go for another ten or fifteen years. Oh, definitely, yeah. Let's see. Second to last one here. Joe Biden will not seek re-election, and that will be announced at the end of 2023 in order to give a couple of Democrats the opportunity to seek the nomination of their party. I think that combination of Biden's obviously advancing age and the fact that Donald Trump will not be the frontrunner by the time the end of the year rolls around and that there will be a more formidable opponent a younger, more sort of forward-thinking, younger Democrat would have a better chance against. And I think that Biden will will forego his party's nomination by the end of the year and will not seek re-election in 2024. I can see the logic in that, although I do think Biden at this point will seek re-election. Uh, but if he did uh, do as you think uh, he will do, is it would make for a very awkward Democratic primary field because, like, what— there's no natural heir apparent. Like you would think it would be a Kamala Harris, but she's not going to be it, right? So, like, how would that work? Just Buttigieg, who's also in the administration. Open. You, I think that Biden would say, "I think that we should let the process play itself out, and it's healthy for the democracy and for the party." And I'm not going to put my finger on the scale. I think. I think the most that I'll say is, I think that Kamala Harris has done a fantastic job as my vice president. Uh, but I'm not. I'm. I'm going to decline to endorse decide, anyone. Blah blah blah. And let the Although, American people decide. I, other than the age, I don't think any of the other candidates would improve. Why not just point to, look, we're going to just not do what the Republicans are doing. We're just going to pass bills when the opportunity strikes and then just keep things functioning. And that'll be the 2024 argument, right? Why why create chaos when there isn't any? Just I don't think uh, – I mean, yeah, but then you're, se- you're sort of – in a weird way, you're seeding the presidency as an institution. I mean, maybe it's to an extent, maybe it's conspiracy theorizing or it's it's getting into some weird paranoid fantasies. But do we really think that Joe Biden can be a fully functional and involved hour to hour, minute to minute sort of president for the next six years? Like, of course not. It it would be ceding the presidency to uh, executive committee, essentially, and trusting that whoever he surrounds himself with there in the in the White House is has the best interest of the country at heart and that that we don't need an imperial presidency the way that we've had it for the last fucking 50 years and it's interesting but it's a weird decision for a party to make it's a weird decision for a president to make as much as anything else and i think that there are enough interesting youngish democrats who could step in and fill a leadership vacancy where there is one i mean the the, the guy in colorado is is halfway interesting yeah my boy polis polis I don't know that I would finger anyone in particular, but I right. Just... It just seems to me like uh, all of that makes sense because of his age. But I, I imagine a Biden and his team are thinking if we could have, if we survived just terrible, a terrible environment in 2022 with basically almost unscathed. I mean, they lost a few seats in, in the House, but other than that, with all of those headwinds, like everything was going wrong in 2022 with inflation and everything. In 2024, even if there is a recession, which my prediction is there won't be in, in the United States, uh, even if there was one, by the time November 2024 comes along, things will be pretty stable, right? So the environment will be more favorable then, especially if you have a chaotic 
uh, Congress in the House, right? right? Uh, to say like we're not that. You may have misgivings about this or that. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how much chaos there is, as opposed to how much organized antagonism there is towards Joe Biden. Right. right. But the, so but the it, thing is, even in a uh, unified uh, GOP in the House. We're talking about like spectacle uh, investigations, right? So like even if it was kumbaya internally, the plan forward isn't to pass anything because there isn't a path to pass anything. In- right. So it becomes, a, it becomes a question of how much purchase does the Joe Biden is a career criminal right. nonsense have. Right. And I, I don't know what that will look like going forward. I don't have anything here about recession, but you think there will not – because a lot of people uh, and the, certainly the – a lot of tech and media companies have been indicating that we might be at the beginning of an economic downturn. That some people are predicting an actual recession in 2023. There's been a lot of the major media companies have laid people off. Facebook, Meta have frozen hiring, if not started shedding jobs quite yet. Obviously, Elon has taken out 80% or something of right. the workforce at Twitter. Is that just a, a particular function of a, a small subset of the economy? or So I am obviously not an economist. I don't know anything about how these things go. All I know is when I'm riding my bike uh, here in Atlanta on the Beltline or if I'm driving around, all I see, and this could just be localized to Atlanta, just cranes everywhere. There's new stuff being built all the time. Every month the job report comes out. It's in the hundreds of thousands of new people. I mean, different segments of the economy may go down, you know, whatever, like tech, you know, they're firing some people here or, you know, CNN or whatever, get get rid of a few people. But on the whole, this doesn't feel like what happened 14 years ago, you know, when things just kind of just fell apart, right? And right. so the maybe, fact that, yeah. I, I think that the, the fears about the recession might be getting overblown because of the localized pressure on jobs in the media environment. So, of course, it feels like a fucking emergency to journalists right. because ever, all of their friends are getting fired. Right. Right? The Washington Post is hemorrhaging jobs. The, like All of the major online companies seem to be either contracting or, or merging with each other, and, and jobs are going away in that field. So maybe that's why – there's this sort of media panic about... You know, that's a good point because it could be... Because it's the same thing with the whole Twitter debate where it's like, this is not an important thing. Why does it have such prominence like when it comes to coverage? But it's because of the warped sense of the people who are doing the covering. Like they use that platform a lot, so it's important to them. A lot of people in their industry are getting laid off, and so it's important to them. But like grand scheme of things, things are generally kind of stabilizing. I mean, even like gas prices, I mean, they, they may come back up, but gas prices have fallen uh, off a cliff here in Georgia. It's like I, thought, I saw something like right. 250. Like it's it's like it's gone way, way down. Uh, and so the other inflation issues are still going to be a concern. But to me, it just seems like this is the weirdest. If it is a recession, this is the weirdest one yet. And te- right. and technically, yeah. did we meet the old definition anyways? Like a year ago, where like we had two quarters. Of- we did. We had two. We had consecutive quarters. Yeah, that's quarters why I'm of confused about like negative growth. Whether there will be right. one. Like we're in one. But- well, we're not in one any longer. There's been growth. Right. There was. Uh, yeah, I think whatever. it was. Like, Doesn't matter. It's been, yeah. All right. Time to talk about movies again. I don't expect severe recession either, and I think inflation is largely just going to continue to go back down i mean it's still high but it will not we, we've seen peak inflation i think that that's fair to say and my last prediction about 2023 is that covid will basically maintain its current trajectory of about 300 deaths per day there won't be any meaningful change maybe a couple of blips here and there but largely where we seem to be sort of stuck here where we are 
and I don't think that will meaningfully change in 2023. So status quo on COVID, status quo on Ukraine and the economy any and Russia. New, any uh, new conflict in the world like Serbia or Taiwan or some random North Korea incident? Anything like that on the world stage? I don't think that China is interested in actually causing that much of a ruckus at the moment in terms of Taiwan. But I suppose depending on how weird things get internally there. But again, I don't know anything about it really besides what I read in the Post and the Times. So what the fuck do I know? But I wouldn't think so okay. based on what I know. So basically the existing conflict will just be a stalemate into 24, just continue yeah. as is. You got any other uh, big predictions for 23, Abe? No, no. Other than it's going to be a great, great year. You don't want it like I mean Clint Eastwood's like ninety two or ninety three I think you don't you don't want to you know, call it on old, I don't, old Clint Eastwood uh, make a habit of just calling for the end of people just in my head one day I just were I was thinking of the Queen and the former president and it just seemed inconceivable to me that they had one more year in them and one of them it was true. All right, one quick note on our bogus future. I was going to do two quick notes on our bogus future, but I'll just mention that lady at. Uh, MSG, uh, Madison Square Garden. She's a Girl Scout mom who was planning on going to see the Rockettes. This is a full couple of weeks ago now. Yes. Since we since we were off, we didn't get to talk about it on Christmas. But uh, she's walking into Madison Square Garden, and the, apparently the facial recognition software in use there as a security feature uh, alerts the security guards there to deny her entry to the building because she works for a law firm that had had outstanding uh, litigation, like current current litigation against Madison Square Garden for like some slip and fall case or something like that. And so they said, nope, anybody who works for this uh, law firm isn't allowed into Madison Square Garden. And it seems sort of mean and punitive in a way that it's just like, uh, it's not like there's an actual security concern. Right. Here. And also there's uh, no... She, she plays no role in this pending uh, litigation, right? She right. Just she has no company. ability to practice law in the state of New York right. even. She is not She is not uh, part of the New York bar. She lives in New Jersey. She works for the firm right. in New Jersey. So setting aside the uh, the bogus future criticism that I'm sure will come from you, Bob, that because uh, this was an instant identification, instant report, you know, like as they're coming through the gates, the thing, the facial recognition thing, like, hey – that woman right there, they, right, and then they kick her out. It's just for harassment, right? There's no other explanation. Like it's not like, oh, the, this bozo at a Rangers game punched somebody, and now they've been kicked out for life, and they show up. Right. It's one thing if you're going to ban somebody from from shade or City Field or something because you got into a fight in the bleachers, right. and so now you're using this unfortunate technology that you have in place here to keep him from gaining entry in the future. This is just. I mean, this is just like social credit score fucking nonsense, except instead of the communist Chinese Communist Party being in control of it, you, we've put it in the hands – in classic American fashion, we've put it in private hands, <laughs> and now they determine whether or not you're allowed to go see the Rockettes perform with your, with your family. That's right. just profoundly shitty. Also, this seems like uh, – I'm sure they're going to amend their policy because – I can't imagine that this is good for PR, not that MSG cares for that sort of thing. But what is the upside? You say, who owns that building? Does, does Dolan yeah, not I think own Dolan that building? Yeah, still part of it. Yeah, yeah. He's still yeah, Dolan's a fucking big dummy. He doesn't fucking care. He's got all the money. He's got more money than God. Yeah. He doesn't fucking care about care. the PR. You're right. Uh, one more uh, negative Arbogas future thing. Abe, when you go to turn water on at the kitchen sink, sure. right? You want 
You want water yes. to come out of the kitchen sink. Of what course. do you do? I turn it on? What do you mean? Is this a trick question? Yes, you reach out mm. yes. and you turn the faucet and then the water pours enjoyably right. out of your or tap. Or not enjoyably. <laughs> or it, it comes out of the tap anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, my brother is a, a, a bougie piece of shit, right? Oh, stop uh, it. I sorry. mean, he is, sorry. but this isn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> the house where my brother lives is a very nice house, like a, a really nice house, right? It's new. It's, it's, a nice, it's a house that's so nice that like when it's cold outside, you can close the door and it feels... It's warm. Like it's warm inside, not like this fucking piece of shit house where it, it gets so it weird. gets it gets cold outside here, and there's still a nice steady breeze yeah. blowing through our house. And in like, there, it was it was like four degrees in Colorado, but you wouldn't know it, it felt, being inside. Right, like, I had, in the like house. I put on my workout shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm like just walking around the house, totally fine, no problems it's at all. It's like we had to open the fucking door to let the winter in because there were just too many people in the house and it just made the house unbearably warm. Like that's it was how so wow. weird. It's such a nice house. Beautiful house. I guess they insulated it. Yeah, yeah I, I guess, guess it's insulated. They had some thoughts about preserving and like windows, energy and like the windows might like have seals or right, something. Right. It's not just not just shelter in the sense of like a literal roof over your literal head and almost nothing else. Right. It was in fact it's it's a guard against the elements in an important way it's nice wonderful beautiful house but uh an upgrade that he and his lovely wife got when they bought this house wait did they choose that it's an upgrade i don't know if they chose it or not but it is listed as an upgrade did they buy that new i think it was new yeah no i don't think so maybe they're the second owners but it's like a fairly new almost a brand new build anyway you their their sink it has this feature where instead of turning the handle on or off you can just lightly tap it you just okay you can tap, lightly it. tap it but sometimes you might accidentally lightly tap it as well okay right so let's say you're, you're carrying something across through the sink or something and you accidentally brush against the thing and then the water turns on it's like ah what the like fuck? when you tap something but, does, does it give in a little to let you know that you tapped it properly no no so like look at my you can see my microphone stand here yeah. right and now imagine that it is a tap you can tap anywhere like I tap the microphone okay. right where at the end of the spigot then the water should come or you can tap down near where the where the normal twisty thing happens okay. and then that will as long as it is in the in in the on position any tap on the rest of the device will begin delivering water or cease delivering water right so it's a tap on tap off situation it will run until you tap it again right until okay. you tap it again whether you mean to or not okay right however when <laughs> And by the way, so you can buy any old uh, faucet for like thirty or fifty dollars at Amazon or on Lowe's or whatever, right? right. Uh, very cheap. We we have achieved a certain level of technology with the normal faucet, and you just and it's cheap now. They make House millions was built of them. In twenty eighteen. Make millions of them, and you just install them, and you don't think about them anymore. Or that 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 would be like fifty dollars. Or you can spend like three hundred fucking dollars on this fancy tap bullshit, and have this installed in your house. Uh, but guess what it fucking takes? It takes eight C batteries to power batteries. this fucking thing. Wow. And if the batteries die or if they start to die, then this uh, – it might not matter how much 
turning on and off or tapping you do to this faucet. It just flashes red lights at you and doesn't give you any water. Right. So it's not like there's a fail safe where, okay, maybe the, maybe the water, uh, maybe the tap device is low on batteries. And so we're just going to use the on off system now. No. No. no, if the batteries no are wonky, plan. there's no like. No, no. That, uh... you just have to have eight more fucking C batteries on hand. And by the way, the C batteries aren't dead. They probably work for another week in a flashlight or some other device. But they need enough because this to thing is do this thing. Yeah, so much. It. Right, it, it, it's like finicky when the batteries get low and you can't fucking use your your kitchen sink. It's insane. You have to go to a different room to like rinse your hands off. That's or crazy. Something. Did by the way, for did, a few minutes. This is hypothetical, or did this actually happen? Did no, this happened. happened. This was like a feature of our week there. Like that stupid sink and everyone hates it. No one in the house is like, isn't this nice? I don't know what you don't like about right. it. Everybody who uses the sink is like, this fucking sink. Right. <laughs> but And I'm like, I'm getting under the sink like with a flashlight trying to figure out what's going on. And you know what I saw when I got under there? First, I see the battery thing. And it's like this big plastic monstrosity. It requires eight goddamn C batteries. It's like, all right, try to find some batteries. And I'm looking some more. And you know what else I see under there? I see a goddamn Ethernet port, Abe. They want you to plug the Internet into your goddamn sink so that you can attach a Google or an Alexa device to the fucking thing and talk the water on or off. But, like, what the fuck happens when the Internet goes down, yeah. you pieces of shit? Or the electricity's off and the batteries are dead. You're fucked. When, like, you could just it, you just use your hand to turn it on and off, and I've never had a real problem with that i guess sometimes when you have turkey hands and you just don't want to touch you yeah, know yeah but like but you know what what's weird is that the, the upside to the extent that there is one is negligible i mean it's like oh it would be if it worked yeah if it worked all the time it's like oh that's neat if it worked but that's all the about time, it right but especially all the time only when you wanted it to. Right. Because it's not reading your mind. So when you're doing dishes and you accidentally yeah. tap the faucet, it doesn't know the difference. It turns yeah. off. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, no, no, and no. If, and if there's like if it's only at like forty percent battery or something and you turn it off it and now you're in the middle of doing dishes and you can't get the fucking water to come back on. Right. What the fuck is this? Well what if it We're crapped not getting out better? What if it, it crapped out when it was running? Like I mean that would be even worse. Just be running it did. forever. It does. <laughs> it does. That's what happened. It was it was a terrible week you of sinking. Have, it, it wasn't a terrible week, no, it was a, but of of using the kitchen sink. It was a bad yeah. experience and a very expensive one. Apparently, yeah. This is it one doesn't of those, make any sense. Yeah, this is, sounds one of those things like telling, like, oh, we should come up with this thing, and wouldn't it be great? But then in real life, it's actually more, ha- you know, headache than it's worth. It's terrible. And I don't, I don't know why we put up with it. This is another example of an, an item. We wouldn't. That, we don't. We that, don't live in that house. If we lived in that house, we would not put up with it. As I've said before, any item that you stuck a lithium-ion battery into since like 1995 or so, that item got worse uh, in a meaningful way. No, the fact that they haven't ripped it out of the sink is weird. Yeah. Also, I, I, I imagine that this is not going to be adopted uh, in the future, right? Because they're going to see the problems that this has, and there won't this feature won't become a prominent thing in the market. No, we can perfect it, Abe. Eh? We can no. we can get better sensors, <laughs> and we get longer lasting batteries. And it's going to be way better. Trust me. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. You can find the show on Facebook or Twitter, at least for now. Head on over to brainiron.com or castironbrains.com. It's a good thing we didn't. Like, not record and try to watch this football game.
Yeah, that would have been a bummer. Uh, opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. Apparently, the guy who got hurt tonight is in critical condition, according to Roger Goodell. But, but critical you is knew better that than already that. because you don't hear this until you know that already. Yeah, that's true. But critical is better than dead, so at least that's promising. Critical is better than dead. That's right. One more prediction for 2023. I will, one way or another, I will launch a second podcast. That's that is my prediction oh, for 2023. Look at that. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, good. I'm gonna find Abe with his. Two, he's got two, and I'm going to <laughs> the Biffler two. <laughs> yeah, Abe. Uh, let's see. We had two weeks here at the end of the year, beginning of this year, for you to make it back to the movies. I understand you went to see Avatar again. Yes. What else did you? What else did you do? I went to go see uh, Babylon, which is this uh, Chazelle guy. He did like uh, Whiplash and. The movie La La Land, which I still have not seen. I'll get around to it one day. Uh, it uh, did terribly at the box office. That's like crash and burn. Nobody came to see it. Uh, and so I watched it not opening weekend, so I didn't know how. I already knew that it bombed and it wasn't well received critically either. Um, and so I went to go see it. And also it was over three hours long. I mean, Avatar, that's one thing. A lot of pretty pictures, but this Babylon for yeah. three hours. Uh, the movie itself, uh, way too much, just a criticism, way too much bodily fluids throughout. Like, okay. not all human, <laughs> just a know. lot of unnecessary. And basically, this is like... usually true. At the beginning of the movie, and it's like, oh, that this is one of those movies that you really can't recommend to anyone to see. Other than if it's on HBO Max or whatever down the road, and you're like, ah, you know... You're not watching anything. Was it good though? Did you like it? There were enough good scenes with it, but the movie just didn't work. You the, seem to want. You seem to want to say I actually liked this movie. I here's the thing. I did. You know, I watched the whole movie. It was I was engaged the whole way. I was entertained the whole way. But I could also tell that this was not a good movie. But there were certain scenes where it was like almost perfect. Like a really good right. director was behind this. Good performances from uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Margot Robbie and everybody, uh, and but there were just few and far in between. Like there were like three or four really good scenes. Like, but the rest of the movie right. doesn't make sense. The the last hour is terrible. Uh, basically, the movie is about the transition from the silent movies to the to the talkies. Oh. Uh, and right. how, you know, so like the Brad Pitt uh, character is like a leading man in the silent era trying to transition into the talking era and uh, Margot Robbins kind of like straddling the fence between the two. Like she's just coming on at the very tail this end. This is a similar character to the character that he played in the Tarantino movie then, right? Where he's an aging stuntman sort of trying to figure out what to do with Once the rest of his life. Once upon a time in uh, Hollywood? Yeah. Is that where he was? Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess we could, uh, he, he was more uh, prominent in this one. Uh but the, like I said, the movie, it just kind of spirals out of control. There is, you know, spoilers for those who are going to watch it. There is this random stunt uh, uh, appearance by Tobey Maguire. Like he does some like some evil doer, right? And he's like, he's taking one of the main characters into this un underground underworld where this weird muscle man just for a show, just to entertain the rich people, like eats like rats. Like this is what he does. Like he just pulls rats from a, a somewhere and eats it and that's like the whole show like look at this this guy's crazy he's eating rats and yeah. 
it, it didn't make any sense. It's just like, oh, I guess that's something. Like, I yeah. think was, I want to see this one. I, I will eventually catch it on cable, I'm sure. But, but I'm telling you, there's enough there that it's like, this could have been so much better than what it ended up being. Uh, and, yeah. and so, Anything else or just Babylon? So on the uh, th- that's what I watched uh, in the theater um, at home. I watched this uh, new documentary just this weekend, uh, This Place Rules, uh, on HBO. There's this guy who's... Uh, He's got a. He's had a YouTube channel for for many years. Uh, All gas, no breaks, uh, and then Channel Five, right? He does these. He just kind of has a microphone. He goes to some you know mega rally and just lets people just talk out of their ass. Like that's kind of his thing. He'll just go into these weird groups and just document yeah, what I've happens. Seen, I just I just Googled that and I I recognize this guy's face. I don't know yeah, that Andrew, I've actually ever watched him. Uh, he yeah. uh, he probably I, I could have done without him like interjecting to explain all the things, but it was fine. The movie, I mean the documentary is entertaining, but it's like one of the most damning portrayals of regular Americans I've seen in a while where Everybody in the mo- in the documentary just looks like an idiot. Everybody's like putting on a performance, like whether they're crazy MAGA types or like people on the left. Everybody's just putting yeah. on a show. It's this very bizarre, like reality show. So the, come that, to- that 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 feeling of being deeply uncomfortable with my fellow Americans that I get whenever I watch like either Borat or even just a CBS uh, town hall sit down thing right. where they interview a dozen Americans. It's that except. Yes. Documentary length. It's all that. Yeah, I, I would recommend – I mean, if you're in a good mood, don't watch it. But if you're just sitting there, it's going to slightly depress you, but it's entertaining. <laughs> you're trying to stew and hate <laughs> yes. your fellow Americans. Yeah, that would be shot. the ideal setting. It's fun to do sometimes. To, to watch that. But, yeah, so that, those were my two watches. All right. We watched – as I said, I took the kids to see Avatar, and the kids loved it. Nice. Uh, They've already I watched have, the, the first one? Not that it matters, we, but you – know. We showed it yeah. to them – a couple nights before the, because I after Lori and I went to see the movie, I was like, I, my child is ten and eight years old. They need to see this movie in the theaters. This is not. It's not like a regular. I mean, it's basically an animated film. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know why this movie is going to be not going to be nominated for best animated film of the year because that's what it is. Right. All of the performances are motion capture, with the exception of a couple. Yeah, a little Tarzan they just drop a, Right. Yeah. Right, they just drop a couple humans into these fake environments. Right. Like nothing about this is real. Yeah, like Roger Rabbit was an animated film. Yeah, it's like a reverse Roger Rabbit, basically. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was fantastic. Again, it the story was terrible again, and it like it just it barely holds together in terms of a a it's plot. So, it's too painful. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I thought <laughs> it's too painful. It is. Very funny on the second uh, <laughs> watch that scene. It just kind of came and went the first time, but <laughs> out of nowhere. No. It's too painful. We also uh, we were at my brother's as as we've mentioned plenty, and he has. I mean, you talk. I, I heard you talk. Did you get a new TV? By the way, did I hear that right? Yeah, I, I got some uh, TLC or TC something, some new thing. TCL maybe might be the brand. Yeah, those letters. Ooh, Dynex. Ooh, Ooh TCL. <laughs> yeah. Very Dynex caliber, yeah. Yeah. I think TCL might be the in-house Best Buy brand, but I might have that confused with somebody else. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, congratulations on your new TV, 4K, I'm sure. Uh, but you, I also heard you say you kept it small, relatively speaking, so it would not compete with 
the movie theaters, right? Because yes. you don't want to be sitting in front of a glorious 75-inch screen. Also, he lives like, in an apartment. Why yeah. would I leave this when I and go see the theaters when I can just sit here? My brother does not have that issue. In his basement, he has a 75-inch 4K screen. Oh, nice. That you only sit like... Yeah, it's a small room. Ten feet back maybe from the screen, maybe eight or ten feet yeah, back it's on the couch. Eight feet. It's it's nice and cozy in there. And he's got a legit sound system with like it's the seven good. different speakers oh. all over the place I didn't and the hate big it. subwoofer. Wait, so this is the first surround system that I've been around that I didn't hate. Nice. You can fucking feel it in your fucking bones. I think though, it's because the room it is so small, actually. Like visually, because it's could, not like sound way over there right. and sound way over there. It's like you're just in it. Well, could it use like a couple of more feet of like distance, or is it fine? No, to it's lettuce? not. It's not so close no. that it's uncomfortable. Okay. It's like perfect. it's exactly right. Okay. Like the TV nice is the right couch. size for the room. Nice deep couch. You just lay back on. It is. It is what you want out of a home theater setup, basically. Nice and. Uh, we got to watch Top we Gun watched, Maverick well, on it. Well, first we watched Starship Troopers. That's right. First we watched The Great... <laughs> Which I don't think, now that I'm thinking about it again, I think every time I watch that movie, I fall asleep. Which is weird, because it's not a fall asleep kind of movie. It, uh, it <laughs> is for me. There's something boring about it. I'm just like, I don't care. Anyway, this is 1997. It is... Uh, from Paul Verhoeven, based on a Robert Heinlein novel from the 40s or 50s. Um, Verhoeven has done some of my absolute favorite American satire movies of my life, right? So he does uh, Robocop, which is a terrific movie. He does Total Recall, which is another terrific sci-fi movie with a, a very strong satirical strain to it. And then uh, 1997 Starship Troopers. And Starship Troopers is a fucking fantastic movie. And I, I, it is deeply satirical and deeply smart at the same time that it is like a profoundly silly and stupid movie. Have you seen Starship Troopers before? You know, I have seen it. And my recollection of it is that I liked it. But if you ask me what happened in the movie, I would you probably liked it because of the boobs. <laughs> oh, were there boobs in this when, one? When we were teenagers yes. and that movie was new, yeah. everyone liked it because there were boobs that in could it. Be yeah. it. I liked it because it it takes the underlying sort of fascistic elements of the original Heinlein story and says, what if we took this entirely seriously and I will show you the world that you think that you want, you Robert Heinlein fans, and... Uh, to be clear, you don't actually want right. that because it's a nightmare. And it's the, the interstitials that they do with the they, – they, they show commercials basically that are put on by the Federation, which is like the global government of this, this future world. It's like, would you like to know more type shit? And it's just it, – it's weirdly predictive of the way that we live now. Uh, not in terms of – like they didn't get the graphics exactly right, right. of course, because it was fucking 1997. But it, feel, it feels like a meaningfully uh, – uh, it's still a meaningful commentary on life today. And I and highly recommend asleep. it. And also, there's fucking big buggy aliens, and there's uh, like the, the straw comes out, and he sucks out his brains, and it's all fucked oh. up and, and weird. But it's like comical violence. It's not realistic violence, yeah. really. Oh, I should watch. Anyway, and then and, we watched Maverick. It was great. Right, and then the next night we watched Top Gun Maverick, which is yeah. There's no denying it. There's no point in pretending like I'm smarter than this movie or anything like that. <laughs> that's that's just an awesome fucking movie, it right? Really it's, was. it's what you want out of your 
big blockbuster movies. Right, and it's immediate. Like, the way it's, like, shot for shot, it opens. Like, okay, I'm in. Like, it's like, you don't have to, like, yeah. wait for dialogue. It's just like, I'm in from the jump. Uh, great fucking movie. It's way better than the original, by, like, miles better than the original. Way less dudes following women into bathrooms. Yep, that didn't oh. happen in this one. So that's an improvement. Uh, further, I'd like to point out, though this is a great movie, uh, Pete Mitchell is a terrible name for a protagonist. I, uh, that's, I know they had to give him a name. You can't just be Maverick. He's got to have also an actual name. But like, work a little harder, because Pete Mitchell is a, is a, it's just a bad name. For a protagonist, and you're you're trying to have a hero. Pete Mitchell is a bad hero name. <laughs> I liked when the enemy airplane kind of like did a break in the air and then yeah. flew the other way. Yeah, that was cool. No, that was good. By the way, Bob, did you have a suggestion for a better name, or do you? That's just like I could come just, up with one. Yeah, sure. Okay. Any of them. Uh, any of the Jacks or Johns that Tom Cruise has has played through the years is better than Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell sounds like such a little dweeb of a name. Like, this, is, this is not. What if we Pete... got a listener named that? I'm sure he's a lovely person. I bet you he couldn't bed Jennifer Connolly, though. I guarantee you that with a name like Pete Mitchell. So, so Jennifer Connolly's character just waiting around for this guy to, to show up at the bar, just, just idling. What are you suggesting that that's not plausible, Abe? Yeah, I'm saying it's a little implausible. I'm sure that Jennifer Connelly has had a hard time finding someone who can, <laughs> you know, love her right in the intervening years since she was apparently harassed by him some 35 years ago or what Probably have you. Probably followed her into a bathroom. Right. <laughs> this movie is very much better enjoyed completely standalone than as in relation to the original. Like, well, and that works because I haven't really seen the original past so, okay. the bathroom it's, it's, scene. Interesting you guys say that because would that scene where they, they, they bring Val Kilmer out of nowhere, would that have worked? Or like in, in the No, here's the thing. You know from being alive Yeah. Goose okay. dies, Iceman something. Right. You know things. Right. Danger so you, zone. You have enough, yeah. Top Gun fighter pilot. Is there anything yeah. in the original Iceman character that suggests that he's enough of a politician to work his way through the hierarchy of the Department of Defense or the right. or the Navy to become the you admiral don't need of the to entire be a politician to work up through the Department of Defense? You sort of do. Well, and... what's 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 more implausible that or that? 56 you know 30 years on this guy is still training people where he he would have been at that level like i think uh john ham's character basically was uh, alluding to it like what are you still doing this you know you're only doing it because of the movie but like in in the real world there's no way he would still have that position right? not well, just still would... doing it but doing it better than everyone who's yeah. ever come <laughs> after him to, the, to yeah. the point where literally no one in the history of the navy is as good a pilot as this guy is and like right. you said implausible too is the character looking at that age like tom cruise looks at that age like yeah he wouldn't have right. a aged person, that A well. person who lives the life of this character does not still look like himself at 22 years old or whatever. It's like right? shit. But he's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise Soon is to also... to play Stetson Bennett. He has... He, <laughs> 
like <laughs> the way that plastic surgery works is that there's always this weird middle time where a person first gets plastic surgery and it doesn't quite fit right on their face yeah. and it's freakish to look to look at and then they come out the other end and they look better again. Tom right. Cruise has come out the other end of his and plastic surgery. And so has surgery. Jennifer Connelly. And so has Jennifer Connelly, yeah. So I think both of them have had that's the claim that they both have had work there's Tom no, Cruise has no, obviously had a ton no, of work there's, done there's no claim it is a fact, fact that you don't people don't continue looking like that okay. while they continue to be alive and not preserved I like, think Jennifer right. Connelly is legitimately like 20 pounds lighter than she was 30 she years be. ago she might have just had a lot but, of yeah. work done yeah it's just that it looks good because when they, you have a lot of money, you can spend a lot of is money a on looking. Beautiful good. woman who I first had a crush on probably when I was like twelve years old, and she's like way hotter now. It's very weird. So water and vegetables don't do that. There's got to be some no. sort of scheme. Okay. No, because you, you can't. This is a podcast, but this happens. <laughs> Whether like no matter what you do, no. this happens where your skin just falls off your face. Unless yeah. you get someone who's really talented to cut it open and put it right. back up where it was before. Also, right. this is not to say that this movie wasn't profoundly stupid, right? Oh, it's, it's a very so this is a very stupid movie. It's great. And the heart of the movie is just uh the Star Wars Death Star trench run. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Like you have to get into your fun fighter jet thing and fly through a narrow canyon uh, and then shoot at a very small target at the very last second before pulling up so you don't die. It's just the Star Wars trench run, which is fine. You know why? Because if Avatar had just ripped off some other way better movie instead of having this same stupid story they had in the first one when the first one fucking sucked, like you can have an unoriginal and uninteresting story and hang a really great movie around it, just like they did for Top Gun Maverick, which right. is just a ripoff of a uh, the most famous action scene in American cinema of the last uh, 50 years. Uh, and that's fine if you do it right. Uh, but for some reason, the story writers at Top Gun know what the fuck they're doing, and the ones at Avatar seem not to. You remember uh, Man Bear Pig? Yeah. From, uh, from South Park? And I was thinking... Uh, one of these days, they should have. I don't know who where James Cameron is of the three, but like James Cameron direct, uh, Aaron Sorokin writes, and Tom Cruise stars <laughs> in some movie. I mean, you already had Aaron Sorokin and 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 Tom Cruise in a few Good Men, and that worked pretty well, right? Now add blue people. I don't think that Tom Cruise can do Aaron Sorkin dialogue anymore. The most, and, and I, I said this before, I think about one of the Mission Impossible movies, and I'm pretty sure I said it on the show, but like the most unbelievable part of this movie where Tom Cruise is like jumping out of airplanes or like climbing skyscrapers with his bare hands or, or whatever it is that he's doing, the most unbelievable part is when Tom Cruise sits down to have a beer with his pals. Right? <laughs> like it's, it's, the, it's like, wow, you're taking me out of the fucking movie here. What's going on? And it's the same thing. When I saw Tom Cruise in bed with Jennifer Connelly, where the yeah. implication is that they've been doing gross adult stuff. They've been fucking. Like, they've yeah. been doing the sex. It's like, ah, oh, no, they haven't. Tom Cruise doesn't do that. Are you out of your fucking mind? That's not real. Uh, whereas I fully bought in when he's like... 
he flies over Ed Harris's head at 800 miles an hour, and because yeah. Ed Harris is such a hard ass, he just also, looks up at Also, when he runs, it. when he's running on the beach, that's... Right. All of that. Yeah. You gotta have him run. Highly believable. But, like, uh, just normal bone-in stuff? Definitely not in Tom Cruise's <laughs> wheelhouse. I'm sorry. He's not a human in that way any longer. He's something else entirely. Ugh, we gotta go to bed. We sure do. Abe, you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. Prayers for the football guy. That's right. Hopefully he's okay. I think the, the first thing, this is the song. This is about DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career, and there's probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And when DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, a side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player (laughs) or we're we're upset that the the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. This is Jimmy Carter from Plains, and I wanted on this beautiful day given to us by the Lord above to wish Cast Iron Brins a very happy new year. God bless and thank you very much. And Abdul Roman, I dare you, son, I would have expected more from a fine civil servant such as yourself. See you in 2024, you sick son of a bitch. What is wrong with you? Talk about our bogus future. <laughs>